Look at this pretty hair, kids. Got all fucking dressed up for fucking Fat Man Beyond. Welcome to Fat Man Beyond. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernardin. Hey! Uh, If you're wondering why this uh, is because I literally just came from a photo shoot, a Jay and Silent Bob photo shoot, and uh, that's why I I may look made up as well. Uh, I don't normally make myself up, nor do I fucking normally. Look at that, kids. It's that simple. There's your childhood. (laughs) Fucking lies. Nothing but lies. I was just talking (laughs) to my friend before about... um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this yet. There's a well, fuck it. There's a um, a, a Muppet show that's coming to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muppet Mayhem called Muppet Mayhem. Very good uh, from Adam Goldberg. And I may or may not have been on set and whatnot. But I was talking about how being around the Muppets um, was like you know I'm I'm fucking now a hardened professional in this here entertainment business and you know i've met fucking famous people and shit like that legends and but you know once you know how the sausage is made maybe the magic loses a little bit of its flavor but i was reduced to fucking childhood when i was on set with muppets because it's still it's not like animation where it's just like you know oh my god fucking I love these characters. And they're like, well, then you'll see them in nine months to a year because that's how long it takes. (laughs) When you're with the Muppets, they, they are alive the moment a hand goes up the ass. And most of these cats who've been doing it for like ever keep, keep them on. So like, you'll be having a conversation with the person who works the Muppet, but they keep the Muppet going. So like, you're talking to a human and the, and the Muppets alive in a conversation and you keep like, I'm not even talking about when they have the Muppet talk to you. You're just talking to the Muppeteer and they're still doing this shit, looking around and, and you feel like there's a third party that you're having a conversation with. And it's absolutely fucking magical. Like, and, and so low tech, you're talking about one of the oldest art forms on the planet, right? Like fucking a puppet for heaven's sake. <laughs> But my God, it works like fucking crazy, man. Um, hopefully it's not lost on the TikTok generation. I hope the Muppets still have as much fucking magic for like a kid today as they did for us. Do you think Do you think they do, Mark? You know, I, I'm not sure. I, I remember feeling very kind of old and crestfallen when the Muppets and Sesame Street moved to HBO, which they did for a while. And like I felt like no, they're still there. Yeah, like I felt like you can find the episodes. They got rid of half the episodes or some such shit. Yeah, it felt as if we failed them. Like they were giving us a public good, and all we had to do was once a year buy a fucking tote bag, and we didn't buy enough fucking tote bags. (laughs) And suddenly they needed the patronage of Daddy Warner Brothers to make the Muppets go. And it's like, what? It was free. It was a public good. It was ours. Anybody could watch it. You make me cry. <laughs> and yeah, we didn't just get enough shitty fucking umbrellas from the Helena Rubinstein Foundation to make to make the Muppets oh free. Oh my God, you were fucking narrating my childhood. This program <laughs> is brought to you by a grant from the Helena Rubinstein Foundation. Um, like you. 
kids. We're old men talking about old men shit. The moment you hear a fucking middle-aged man talking about how we failed the Muppets, you know that we're fucking, you're watching Fat Man Beyond, kids. Welcome back. It's been a red-hot minute. Last time we did this, we were live at Smodcastle, back to right. the Ides of Mark, and what a fucking great time that was. Um, but since then, so many things have happened. Tell them where you went. I was in New Orleans for the Overlook Film Festival, um, showing a little picture called Splinter. Um, which was what a wonderful experience that was. Um, I mean, we played the Pan-African Film Festival here in LA, which was great. But I always feel like film festivals in your hometown are a bit like Comic-Cons in your hometown, which is it's not quite as special because it's not a destination. Like you don't go to that place and invest in that place for three or four days. You go home every night. Right. Um, but going to Overlook, which is all about horror and all about genre and it being in New Orleans, and New Orleans being a spooky fucking city anyway. Um, it was just so much fun. And it was so supportive. And everybody there was really welcoming to the short. They had nothing but lovely things to say about it. And uh, and it was just, it was great. And spending four days in New Orleans is automatically a good time. Uh, um, Tiffany, our dear friend, uh, Tiffany Smith, who was there with you. Indeed. Sent uh, photos and shit. I couldn't get information out of fucking Mark. <laughs> He was busy being a fucking celebrity director and shit. But Tiffany was like, uh, she was texting me being like, greetings from, from New Orleans and stuff, the picture of her and Mark. And I was like, oh my God, how to play? And she said, through the roof. And then she sent a picture of like a fucking packed house yeah. watching the movie and stuff. Now, when we did Fat Man Beyond at Smodcastle, after the show was over, Mark showed it and shit. And one of my favorite moments in Smodcastle thus far um, has been for those of you who are like, what the fuck is Smog Castle? That's the movie theater, Smog Castle Cinemas that I own with my friends back in Jersey. Um, one of my favorite moments that has happened at the theater since we took it over in October didn't even involve me. It was wa sitting in the back of the theater and cucking out on Mark while he was up doing a QA that just wouldn't end. It went on for like an hour. And yeah. it, by the time we started the movie, it was like fucking almost been. I think we were, we went to midnight or past midnight but like people had great questions and fucking mark was holding court and answering them and shit and i was like oh that's my man right up there <laughs> it was so sweet and normally like you know i'm a man who appreciates q a it's like how i made my bones in this business but watching somebody else ascend with q a was in my own theater was wonderful how was the q a's in uh nolens as they say um, I mean, they were good, but when you're part of a shorts program, which we were, they just, um, everybody is up there as part of the Q&A. So it's like me and the Splinter team and then the writer directors of the other five or six shorts that are there. So it's less an intensive hour long um, sort of investigation of a movie and more just kind of a, a glistening off the surface kind of chat. Uh, a round table, as it were, with a bunch of other people, which was still great because all the other shorts were really interesting and very well done. And all the other filmmakers were super great um, and smart and sharp and funny. And and that was lovely, man. Like there was no part of it that wasn't a good time. And every shorts block we were in sold out. Oh, fucking A, well done. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's our fault, but it's our fault. <laughs> you made it happen. The, um, in... Uh, uh chat uh long story short uh austin uh harley's boyfriend who was in clerks three played uh um blockchain coltrane 
Um, I was over at my kid's house. That's right. My kid has a fucking house. If that don't make you feel fucking old. Mm. Um, and my kid like fucking lives on YouTube on her big, on her TV. I was going to say big TV, but it's not as big as my TV, but on her TV, she don't fuck with it on her phone or a laptop. That's what she watches. She don't watch television and shit. She watches YouTube on her TV and her favorite thing in the world that runs constantly on fucking a never ending loop are videos of people walking around Disneyland. There's a whole fucking sub market of this shit, including Peter Sharetta, who runs Slash Film and has mm -hmm. like created Slash Film, ran it for fucking years. Peter Sharetta is the one that took me to see uh, The Dark Knight for a press screening fucking like when the dark night came out and shit. But Peter Shred has got a side hustle. I didn't even know about where him and his lady just fucking go to Disney and make videos all the time about fucking things at Disney. They're massive Disney fans. So my kid, like, I remember at one point, like she was, I was like, what are you, why are you always on YouTube? And she showed me, she's like, I love this videos. And I was like, I know that motherfucker, man. That's the guy who runs slash films. She goes, no, that's the guy who does whatever the fuck it's called, whatever her show is. And, this is what the kid lives for is these fucking videos of people that go to Disneyland and literally just shoot the entire experience. Like we watched one video where a guy's like, this is Indiana Jones from fucking years ago. This is the Indiana Jones ride with a new paint job. And like goes through the whole ride, holding the fucking camera, walks through the whole park. She was watching a series of videos of like Toontown. They reopened and fucking did new things to it and shit. So anyway, we watched, you know, I was like, hey, man, if you're going to put if you're going to watch something on YouTube, what about your old man and shit like that? And she was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't believe I got a kid. Don't even know I'm on fucking. <laughs> so I said, I do fucking show all the time. And it was right after we had done the live show from Smodcastle. So I said, fucking here, give me that. And I fucking typed in our show. And Austin, her boyfriend, it was a big YouTuber back in the day and shit. Like he just lived for that shit. So he was like, oh, my God, look at how many fucking views you have. And you don't you're not fucking monetizing it correctly. You don't even have super chat. I was like, what's that? And so he went in and changed all the fucking settings and shit and put us up on super chat, which super chat is apparently people like can fucking give money to ask questions and shit. So long story short, Will Wilkins, who, uh, of course, is Dilf man. Banff man won't be with us today because Banff man is in the UK going to celebration right now. But we got a special report from Banff man, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Dilf man, Will Wilkins, who took over, you know, when when uh, JC couldn't do show before, is doing the the show today. Jump on in here, Dilf man, and he fucking put a bucket jar. What's up, Dilf man? Hello. Um, thank you for that fucking dollar, my friend. Oh, that was a dude who just asked a $10 question. What? Are you talking to the $1 guy? <laughs> Where's the $10 question? I'm sure if you scroll back through it, you'll see. Oh, you can be clicking. Oh, my on. God. Joshua oh. Mundahl. Yeah. Kevin, awesome. did you receive a delivery Friday that was not for Jen's birthday? Was it flowers? If so, yes. A gigantic fucking bouquet of flowers that I had to explain to my wife was not from like she was like who are you fucking and i was like I i'm not fucking josh mundell i swear 
Um, <laughs> if that was it, it was for me and my mom. Thank you. My mom's in the hospital right now. So if, if that's what it is, yes. And then he said, Mark, did you go to Ricardo's, Dookie Chase's, or Floyd's to eat while in New Orleans? Answer his question. Because he paid I, nine bucks, 10 bucks almost to ask the question. I feel like this is somehow, this is going to be the end of the show as we know it. <laughs> like suddenly we're building like an aristocracy suddenly there's a one percent of question askers exactly mark and so it's no longer just a like i asked a good question i'm in the feed they'll notice and i was like excuse me sir here's my shiny ten dollar piece I've got a question <laughs> for these gentlemen never mind the rabble i want to know something first anyway joshua i did not eat in any of those places um i went to coops uh, Coop's Bar in, uh, in in the quarter. I went to Parkway for uh, my po' boys. Um, and then I kind of like, and of course I went to, to um, Cafe de Mon for beignets. But other than that, it was a little bit catch as catch can. The, the festival had me moving. So I didn't get a chance to kind of wallow in the French quarter as I usually do. Uh, Bijou, who did not pay for a super chat question. So just mm-hmm. to prove to you that we're still dealing with the plebes as well, kids. We're not like <laughs> fucking icing anybody out. But Bijou said super chat, but YouTube takes 30% of every contribution. So we're we're never going to get rich doing this fucking show. <laughs> never, ever, ever. So Austin, God bless him. He thought this would change everything. I, I asked Bricks goes, here's $10 dance monkey dance. <laughs> Damn, Skippy. I don't give a fuck how many years I've been working in entertainment and shit. Or if I work for Netflix or not. 10 bucks is still fucking 10 bucks. I grew up in an era where 10 bucks was like everything. I'm a 70s kid. So if somebody throws me 10 fucking bucks, you better damn skippy. They're going to be, I'm going to be like this way, uh, sir. Like, trust me. Fucking, I still appreciate the value of a buck. In any event, super chat is on if you're into that shit. Believe me, you don't have to super chat us and stuff. Fucking daddy Warbucks rolling in. Go buy me a fine fat goose and answer me this question. (laughs) I love the mixture of fucking two, two childhood classics of Dickens and... (laughs) <laughs> any, any itself, Daddy Warbucks. Um, kids, this is Fat Man Beyond, and we haven't done it in a month, so you'll excuse our fucking excitement. I guess not fight a month. I guess we did it. Ides of Marks was Mark was the fifteenth, sixteenth. I think we did it on the seventeenth, right. so it's only April tenth. So we missed it by a week, being a month between shows. But as you heard, with good reason, Mark at one point was in New Orleans. Did you fuck with? That spooky house that they had in American Horror Story. That's like ice country right there. I do not fuck with spooky houses, man. Like they had a whole like immersive kind of experience where even like go into this hotel room and do this thing and have a seance and whatever. It's like, nope, I'm good. I don't I don't need I don't I don't have a good time getting scared. So and I don't want to be scared in real life. So like I, I went with one person. It wasn't even an escape room. It was some like slightly immersive thing. And I just spent the entire 20 minutes looking for the seams so that I could be like, all right, this isn't real. This isn't real. I don't have to punch anybody. That's fine. Because if somebody fucking touches me in a dark hotel room, I'm going to punch him. <laughs> so like some people pay good fucking money, get touched in a dark hotel room, man. You're just looking to gift towards them out. Holy shit. Fuck all that. We got pounds, bro. Pounds. Sterling? Pounds sterling, man. Lewis Burridge. Says, I give you my shiny money and ask how Splinter is going down. Can't wait to see it. Answer that man's question, Mark. He gave us 10 fucking pounds. That's got to be worth like $100 American. I just want to say I agree with Mark. This is not a good thing. 
<laughs> automatically gone off the rails. It'll be, we'll do this for one week and then probably never again. But still, Lewis what's Burridge. happening? The floor is yours, Lewis Burridge. Uh, sir. Well, Lewis, I'll tell you, uh, Splinter is going down very, very well, incredibly smooth. Um, we are at the point now where I think we are going to finally fulfill all of our Kickstarter obligations and send the short to everybody who helped us make the short. Um, you know, we, we, we wanted to give the, the festival sort of space. It's time to, to have it exclusively. We've done so. Um, we're going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, bring it to Comic-Con. Um, so if anybody is at Comic-Con and wants to see it, they can do so. And if that's the case, then, yeah, like, it's time to just fucking drop the link in some emails and let the 2,700 people who helped us make it finally see what they paid for. Now, what can they fucking, like, throw that up on YouTube or no? Uh, it'll probably be via Vimeo, a little bit more protected than uh, than YouTube is. That was my question. Yeah. Even though here we are on YouTube, we're talking about how unsafe it is. <laughs> it's it ain't unsafe anymore. We got pound sterling. <laughs> Answer the question. Oh, bro, they're stacking up like jets here, man. There's a $15 question. There's a $20 question. $9.99, another one. But hey, the fuck, man? No, I'm kidding. All questions are valid. While we're here... Uh, Swisted Films, you're right. This is the end of the fucking show. For 15 fucking bucks, man, I'm trying to win the lottery so I can hire you and Mark to help me make my Tom Waits-based movie. Think Stand By Me, but with Tom Waits and Red Savine. I, I went silent because of fucking Red Savine. I mean, look, we all love Tom Waits and shit, but like Red Savine, who talks about Red Savine this day and age? I don't um, know who Red Savine Swisted is. Films, I hope you fucking get that money. I know two dudes that'll help you out. Um, $20 question from Nick X Dillinger says, I open my wallet. Please open your dot, dot, dot. Mouth? Asshole? Whatever you want, man. You asked a $20 question, Nick. That's fucking real money and shit. Uh, Dart Car for 11 bucks says, hey, guys, love the show. How did Ezra and Thrawn survive the jump into hyperspace with the windows blown out? What a good question. I mean, fuck, we're going to talk about Celebration, and we're going to talk about that Ahsoka trailer, which essentially looks like Rebels Part 2 and shit. Um, how, I don't know, I don't even know how to answer that question. Bro, somebody just asked a $49 question. What the fuck? I mean, fuck making movies. This is what I'm going to do for the rest <laughs> of my life. Just going to sit here and answer questions for money, man. Fuck. This is the best thing that ever happened to me, ever. I don't give a shit if it is the end of the show. This is a good thing. Uh, I don't know how they escaped, but I bet you Mark has a guess. How did Ezra and Thrawn survive the jump into hyperspace with the windows blown out? I have no fucking idea. I've never seen Ezra. Rebels, so I... Yeah. That's a legit answer right there. My guess? The Force. There you go. I mean, smart. Let's let's fucking find out what somebody wants to know for $49. How the fuck does that happen? I can't even find it. There you are. Oh, it's Josh Mundall, man. Kevin, did you give Jay and Jordan the Grogu outfit gift? Oh, shit. That's our boy who was at fucking the Ides of Mark, who was like, if you show fucking Excalibur on June 21st, I'm there because that's my birthday. Remember? He was the one that's who was right. right up front. She came all the way from Austin. He had signs. To go to the show. He had signs. He was our let's make a deal guy. That's what it said in the card. The card that came with the flowers that said, I'm the let's make a deal sign guy. 
And I was going like, the, let's, did I buy a let's make a deal sign? Now I'm putting it all together and shit. I can't wait to get off the show so I can tell my wife, I know who those fucking flowers came from. And yes, I am having an affair with him. Uh, he came all the way from fucking Austin to go to, to uh, the Ides of Mark. And he also went, of course, to Fat Man Beyond the Live Show. But he had come to see the Muppets when I, when I did the movies that made me the Muppet movie and shit. And I wasn't there because I was away. Something that I'll be talking about in the near future and whatnot. Um, but yes, did I give Jay and Jordan the Grogu outfit gift? Absolutely, I did. Oh my God, I was, you, Josh, stop paying money to ask, answer, ask questions like that. That's way too much money. But thank you. I feel like 49 such a, fucking bucks. Jesus, man. I feel like a cam girl. Right? This is so hot, dude. Uh, yeah, $11, uh, what do you want to see? Yeah, I'll show you, Ted. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Uh, Ed gave us five pounds fucking sterling to say, Kevin and Mark, you make me so happy. You make me happy, motherfucker. Uh, DG gave me $4.20, 420. He said, enough said. Class right there. Gabriel Lopez for 20 bucks says, Kevin, your thoughts on season three of Mando so far? Love you and thanks for the inspiration. Um, I, I'm Honestly, I've enjoyed it. I know a lot of folks have had issues and shit like that. And they're like, why isn't this show about the Mandalorian anymore? But I legit loved that one episode that was all about Dr. Pershing. Um, and I do love Bo-Katan, so I like that they've been following her storyline and whatnot. We'll talk more about The Mandalorian in a Red Hot Minute and stuff. But Gabriel Lopez, fucking A. Oh, my God. The prescription hipster for 17 bucks says, Hey, Kevin, what's going on with Muse Moose Jaws? Delayed till you are free or canceled? I mean, fuck, I hope it's not the latter. Um, yeah, it's just been delayed. Honestly, Lionsgate, the good folks that we've been in business with, you know, they did our home video for Jay and Silent Bob reboot and they produced all of fucking Clerks 3. Smod bless him. Mark, you want to uh, just go grab some food? We can leave him here doing this for a little while. No, no, it's cool. We'll get to everybody. I, I should stop. Yeah, stop super chatting us, kids, for a red hot minute. We have so much show to get to. But they, Lionsgate was like, what else you got? And I was like, I want to do this movie called Moose Jaws. They're like, what is it? I says, it's Jaws, but with a moose instead of a shark. And they were like, how much is it? I was like, three million bucks. They're like, we'll make five of them. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So it's now just stacked up like Jets waiting for me to get there, man. I I think for sure we're going to start the 430 movie, which is the next flick I want to direct. Um, we shoot it in my movie theater, Smog Castle Cinemas, um, in the beginning of September. After the summer movie season's done, Looks like we're going to start shooting the movie, like, hopefully September 1st and shit. Then there was another thing that just happened today, which I can't talk about, which came out of the fucking blue, kids. And I, I didn't even expect we'd ever make this movie, but suddenly it looks like, oh, fuck, we are going to make this movie. I'll talk about that way down the road, man. Um, so thank you, Prescription Hipster. Uh, God damn it. This is so fucking fun. Bonanista says, uh, Kevin, are you and Muse going to continue the Father podcast? Yes. We absolutely are. What a great question. He's supposed to come over this week for us to record an episode. Uh, we've been He's been more busy than me because Jay Muse became a fucking father. Uh, his second child, uh, Lucian, was born like two months ago or whatever. Fuck. Adorable fucking kid. And Muse is like one of the most adventurous fathers I ever saw. He holds the kid in his palm on his arm. He goes, look at this. And he goes like this shit. And I hate being around him and his kid because I'm like, no. But he's, you know, parents know what they're doing and shit. He's such a great dad. So, yes, we will be continuing fatherhood. Uh, THG Universes, Kevin, have you had time to watch Retro Freaks yet? Dave Ryan, and this just came out of 
the sequel's budget. Retro Freaks is a movie that played very well, mind you, at Smodcastle Cinemas. Uh, and he gave me a copy to watch. Uh, the truth is, no, I have not. I've been dealing with some shit, um, including my mom is in the hospital. I was in Florida all last week. Uh, she's actually moved a step closer toward improvement and stuff. She, they've been keeping her like fucking sedated like fuck. She intubated with the tube down her throat and she's got another tube up her nose pumping out her stomach and shit like that. Uh, long story short, don't get old, kids. I know the alternative sucks, but my God, at 77, it was heartbreaking. But look, we're not here to talk about that and break hearts and shit. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, you're right. This is going to destroy the show. Patrick Quill for five bucks says, love your movies, Kevin. Thank you for making them. I love you, Patrick Quill. Um, big fan of your fucking cousin's work. I'm sorry, uh, going to? <laughs> it's destroying the show already, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what you do is you have, the them, have them bid up for the Q&A spot. That's what you do. Tell them, fucking Dilf man. That's a good idea. Tell them. I just did. I know, but put it into better words than just you should. Save your exactly. super chats for the end of the show during the Q&A session. There's a guy. There's a guy who's thinking. Yeah, that's he a producer. Because we fucking YouTube. Well, fucking Will does a show on YouTube called Netheads, and he's done it for a thousand years. So Will is also a YouTuber who understands a thing or two about a thing or two. Thank God he's here this week and not Banff Man, because Banff Man would be too busy fucking blowing Star Wars and shit like that. <laughs> At least fucking Dilf Man could say something smart like that. However, Frumbalax the poodle gave us Fruno Balax the poodle gave us thirty seven bucks just to say in a row that's class right there come on man that's awesome um okay uh savoy gave us fucking 4.99 savoy 1984 pounds sterling i don't know why i get excited for money from anyone he said thanks for making mall rats was that the was the first that made me feel like i belonged oh my god you're gonna make me fucking cry man like that's legit that's a legit compliment um, all right, no more super chat man we got to concentrate on the fucking show like fucking dilf man said before he disappeared and shit um, save up your fucking super chat money for when we get to the question and answer part. Then you can fucking like, then we might do more than three fucking questions if everyone's paying for this shit. And you can buy our favor. This is the episode where we jump the shark, sadly. <laughs> However, me and Mark are going to make an extra $100 to fucking jump that shark, man. It's going to be worth it. We don't give a fuck. If my favorite um, part of the show had always been Kevin reads the chat a lot. <laughs> that's true i have to fucking stop oh my god dude king ethan just paid us 49.99 he said kevin and mark no question just wanted to say thank you for the content he flew from florida to la to visit jc's bar in september of 2022 he had a blast he drank two wakanda forevers safe travels to jc from london love you guys king ethan the, the fuck man like my liege uh thank you so much how fucking sweet um Kids, stop stop paying money, though. <laughs> now I feel fucking guilty. This sounded like a cute idea, but now I'm like, it's real fucking money, man. Uh, I mean, the thing you could do, though, you could just do a stream where you say, it's Q&A, guys, for an hour. It's just going to be me. Ask me what you want. Super fucking chatters. Get to the top of the list. Otherwise, I'm here for an hour. You don't even have to do a real fucking show. Did you just hear my fucking brain snap <laughs> as I realized that you're absolutely right? Oh, my God. Fucking my life has changed today as a fucking super chat. I am all I know. I don't know how to make movies. You ask any critic, they'll fucking tell you. All I know how to do is is fucking answer questions. That's all I've been doing for the last nearly 30 years. I've trained for this moment, man. 
the moment where somebody's like, I'll give you $50 to ask you a question, I'm like, oh my God, I'm ready for that. Uh, but we got to do a show. So let's jump into the show. We got to do a show. There's some shit that had dropped on the internet. There's some shit that we've both seen in the world. I figure we'll cover that. We'll read an ad and then we'll get into some Star Wars goodness. Shall we do the ad first? I don't know, Will. Is it too early for the ad or no? Dilf man, tell us, tell us what to do. No, Produce. Man. We've had an hour of questions from Super Chat. I think we're good. This is definitely what we would call mid-roll. <laughs> so we're mid? We can't escape it. We're mid. Fuck. I want it to be. What's the opposite of mid? Uh I? Well, mid is middle. Mid is middle, yeah. A lot of people are like, the show ain't even that anymore. Now you're just fucking answering super chat questions. We'll be apex. Yeah, we're apex. Well, you know, we ain't no predators. I was about to say predators, but fucking, that's a horrible thing to say. Uh, kids, this show wouldn't be happening were it not for our sponsors. Although now, <laughs> the, the game has changed, man. Sponsors, we could have super chatters paying for this whole fucking affair. Uh, but but one of the fucking sponsors who have stayed with this show through thick and thin, ladies and gentlemen, uh, are the good folks, our good friends at Native. Uh, you know we love Native and stuff. Uh, if, while we're talking about them, uh, give your skin the protection it deserves with Native's mineral sunscreens. Go to nativedeo.com slash fatman right now or use the promo code fatman at checkout. To get 20% off your first order, that's nativedeo.com slash fatman, or use the promo code fatman at checkout, nativedeo.com slash fatman, or use the promo code fatman. I always begin the commercial with the end of the commercial so that people could follow along by going to that website and shit. But let's talk about fucking native. I literally put some native deodorant on today before I went to fucking do the Jane Silent Bob shoot. Bam! I use the products that we talk about for heaven's sakes. And I know Mark does as well. Absolutely. I love anything that makes me smell like something you want to eat, man. And Native does this shit all the time. You can smell like sugar cookies. You can smell like candy canes. You can smell like fucking flat out candy. That's what they did last month. But th today we're talking about this. I love the feeling of soaking up the sun this time of year. Do I? I mean, I, mean, I hike running all the time. So fucking like, I don't, I guess I never thought about it. But I do you look, look, you look. You look healthy. You look like you've been outside in the sun. Well, I, well, number one, I have, but number two, this may be makeup. I, I don't know. No, no, you got a nice, uh, you got a nice glow to you. Well, I was in Florida, and I was fucking going. I did the three mile walk around this lake with my brother every day that I was there. And then since I got back, I've been hiking, running as per usual. Running Canyon is like literally right outside my house and stuff. So it's a four mile walk, door to door. And historically, Mark, I've never fucking used uh, sunscreen. I will now, though, because good. the good native have moved into the world of sunscreen. With all that time in the sun, I'm always worried about protecting my skin, Kevin Smith said, from his own imagination, not from copy. Uh, but with native sunscreen, I can give my skin the protection it needs and soak up some much-needed sun. Natives quickly absorbing Ultra sheer, hydrating, and lightweight sunscreen formula offers broad spectrum SPF 30 protection from UVA, UVA and UVB rays. Man, I actually should start using this shit to be honest with you because I, mean, I more than I ever do. Go ahead. As, as one of our Caucasian Americans, you absolutely should. Thank you. But as one of these Caucasian Americans, I've always tried to be I'm like white Irish pale. 
<laughs> so, you know, it'd be nice to have any sort of complexion other than translucent and whatnot. So when I go out, I never think about putting on sunscreen, but I will now because I trust the fucking good folks at Native, man. They have not done me wrong with fucking body wash, with fucking shampoo, with fucking deodorant and shit like that. Native is amazing. So that being said, man, all Native sunscreen is made with 20% active zinc oxide formula that is dermatologist tested and suitable for sensitive skin, like supposedly mine is. All Native sunscreen is made with oils derived from plants said this vegan uh, that seal. And don't get on my shit about being vegan. I almost died of a heart attack five years ago. You probably didn't hear about it because I never fucking talk about it. Um, plants that's, that seal in skin moisture and is vegan and cruelty-free. Cruelty-free, we like as well. We love animals. We're not animal haters here and shit. One of us is an animal eater, but fucking, you know. Not because I don't like them. They just happen to be delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He loves an animal, but just he loves it a little too much. If, if they could taste worse, then I'd be down to not eat them. <laughs> uh, choose from one of Native's three delicious but subtle scents, like coconut and pineapple, rosé or sweet peach and nectar for your face or body, or try Native's unscented option. Fuck that. I'd be putting pineapple all over my face. Coconut, pineapple, those are two things that come from the earth that I can fucking get behind, man, and actually put in my goddamn mouth. Because I'm a vegan, but I hate fucking things that grow out of the earth. Uh, they said, please mention your favorite scent. Mine is fucking pineapple and, and coconut right there. With all native sunscreen, you get protection from the sun that is free of chemical actives, uh, oxybenzone, and octinoxate. That sounds like a villain. Mm. Fucking Marvel comic. Um, I can't believe I said Marvel. Right, really? I know. Well, some, I was, sometimes I deal with fuckers that don't come from our world and shit. You got to be like a Marvel comic book. And like, oh, I've heard of Marvel and shit. Um, Avil Benzone, fuck all that. Which makes native sunscreen compliant with the Hawaii Act 104, which was passed in an effort to protect Hawaii's reefs. Come on, man. Native's doing the Lord's work over here, man. Call the action, kids. Give your skin the protection it deserves with native's mineral sunscreens. Go to nativedeo.com slash fatman or use the promo code fatman at checkout to get 20% off your first order, man. That's nativedeo.com slash fatman or use the promo code fatman at checkout. nativedeo.com slash fatman. Say it with me, kids. nativedeo.com slash fatman. Winky dinky dog. Or use the promo code fatman, kids. We thank the good folks at Native sponsoring this show although fucking now that super chat lives and there's a 99 dollars super chat jesus a hundred dollars somebody asked fucking ask a question with olive oil voices and proper pole dancing charm you two can make it rain paper chasing in hollywood without even having to work the boulevard that's from joshua mundell josh stop paying fucking legitimate american dollars to fucking say shit. You could just say shit and I'll fucking read it, man. <laughs> That's nuts. That's a lot of money. hundred bucks, man. Josh must be fucking rich. I don't know why I'm fucking asking studios for money. I'm going to ask Mundhall for some of that fucking sweet Mundhall money and shit. Super chat me something, man. How, how, much, how much do people keep pay me to keep super chat on? Because I found out I have access to the on and off button. Oh, so that you could kill it. Or, or more to the point, I can enable it when we really need it during the show. <laughs> what a good point, man. Uh, hey, man, CA6999. That means Canadian, right? 
Yeah. Daryl Benz from Canada, one of my favorite fucking countries on the planet, says, thoughts on Picard season three, and thanks for what you guys do. You guys make me laugh. You're the Picard guy. Give it to him. I am. And that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. So thank you for offering us a lovely segue into the podcast we were supposed to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say it like that. Fucking... People are paying real money, man. Well, why don't you hold that thought, though? Because instead of people subscribing to Super Chat, Kevin, maybe you could tell them other ways they could spend time with you for their money at Small Castle Cinemas or this weekend at Flappers in Burbank. Jeff's kiss. Motherfucker, you are a producer, Dilf man. Banff man is just fucking all over Star Wars fucking Johnson and shit. Dilf Man actually coming in producing. We got to have them both on the show. Banff Man and then Dilf Man could come in to actually fucking make sure that we're doing shit we should be doing. Kids, do you want to fucking see me <laughs> in the real world? Uh, if you're in Los Angeles, I spend a lot of time in Jersey now, so a lot of people see me at Smog Castle. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, for years, I've been out here 21, 22 years. I've been living out in Hollywood and shit. And, you know, we used to do live podcasts fucking galore. We used to do Hollywood Babylon every goddamn week. Jane, Silent Bob get old every fucking week. Uh, but now it's a rare bird. A rare bird. That's a, does that look like a bird? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess maybe it should be this. Better. Thank you. It's, it's a flying uh, tree. <laughs> yes, it's a rare tree. A rare <laughs> Venus flytrap. Uh, when I get to do a show here in Los Angeles. But don't you fucking touch that dial because this Saturday... At Flappers Comedy Club, me and Ralph Garman going to be doing Hollywood Babylon, the show we've been doing for 12, almost 13 years at this point, kids. Uh, we had a, a great old time the last show we did. We were supposed to do a show in March, uh, but then I had a thing and I couldn't get back to Los Angeles. So we moved the show to April 15th. So that's this Saturday, man, at Flappers Comedy Club. Come see me and Ralph doing Hollywood Babylon. Ralph Garman, one of the funniest fucking people I know. Um, and I sit next to him and laugh the whole fucking time and stuff. Uh, this will only be the second Hollywood Babylon I've ever done without being fucking completely baked out of my mind. As of tomorrow, Mark, it'll mark 11 weeks weed free. Ooh, that's, that's almost what? Two and a half months. Something like that. Who needs math when you got super chat and shit like that? Who needs (laughs) weed when you got super chat? I might not have been stoned for the last 15 years had I known about fucking Super Chat, because that's worth fucking dancing for, man. Never mind. I, I appreciate how Alex Deardoff spent $1.99 in Super Chat to say, please turn Super Chat off. Alex, you're going to have to pay a lot more than $1.99 to get <laughs> to turn this shit off. Oh, my God. Sixto Reynoso hit the $100 mark just to say, please call out two friends and the movies with two friends in the movies with Matt and Sixto. Where all podcasts are found except Smodcast. Proud sponsor of Fat Man Beyond except Smodcast. Um, proud sp- sponsor of Fat Man Beyond. So there it is, kids. Two friends and the movies with Matt and Sixto. Hundred fucking dollars. Did you know that you could buy Silent Bob this cheaply? That's they shouldn't be able to. No, they can. They just Fuck you, built man. Their show. Yeah, I'm happy to advertise their show. Are you kidding me? This is fucking, this super chat's going to change my life. This will be the moment where everybody's like, you know where he went off the deep end? Where he realized he could fucking beg for money on YouTube. My favorite part is half of the chat coming in now just saying, what fresh hell have I stepped into? (laughs) 
Um, yeah. I saw it coming. I saw it coming 45 minutes ago. This is the beginning of the end, my friend. If this is the end, then I'm happy to fucking end it this way. <laughs> Getting $100 from Sixto Reynoso to say two friends in the movies with Matt and Sixto, man. That's fucking, that's genius. Um, kids, I know you're asking yourselves, well, wait, Hollywood Babylon is happening at Flappers Comedy Club uh, this Saturday. Tickets at csmod.com. Come join us and shit. Uh, when can I see... You and Mark doing Fat Man Beyond. Well, we uh, are going to be doing Fat Man Beyond in Los Angeles, of course, at Scum and Villainy uh, as soon as JC gets back and we figure out our dates. But I'm going to give you a long fucking term date, way down the fucking pike, as they say, when me and Mark are returning to Smod Castle to do the next Fat Man Beyond from Smod Castle, which is when, Mark? I believe it is August 25th, if I remember. I think my... you're right. I'm going to look at my schedule right here. Smodcastle keeper Ernie O'Donnell is chiming in to tell me not to talk about some other shit. Uh, August 25th, 7 p.m., Fat Man, Return, Fat Man Beyond returns to Smodcastle at uh, uh, Smodcastle Cinemas in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey and shit for the second episode that we'll ever record live there. We had a fucking blast. It was one of my favorite shows we ever fucking did. Doing oh, so it castle. So now the bar is set very fucking high. I believe tickets are on sale right now at smodcastlecinemas.com if you want to get a jump on everybody else. And we may or may not be doing, we talked about in the last episode that we did, we were joking around. It was a fucking punter. I, where it happened during during the Ides of Mark, during one of the screenings. Yeah, we were talking about um, legend, I think, for like half an hour. And the majesty of Tim Curry. And then then I pitched you, because apparently the way to get yourself a screening series at Smart Castle Cinemas is to have the good pun. So the Ides of Mark was a good enough pun um, to get three days to do that. And then I pitched Keep Calm and Curry On. Which Come again, on. the pun How is strong. How is that? Keep, keep Calm and Curry On is a proposed uh, um, Tim Curry appreciation festival again double feature i think which we're not allowed to talk about because ernie said hey man don't talk about that yet because first we have to score the movie <laughs> with the actual uh, exhibitor distributors and stuff so but if you're going to come see us on august 25th for fat man beyond leave uh, august 26th open not saying why but could be that that's where we're all going to keep common and curry on man fucking smod castle kids so much coming to Smod Castle. Um, may I just give you, I, I know this show seems like one big commercial now, but can I tell you what's coming to Smod Castle? Shoot. I'm going to be back there on four. To, well, number one, Mission Hill is coming to do a show on April 14th, man. Like, uh, the, the, the remember the Mission Hill, the TV show? Mm-hmm. They finished some episodes and they tour them around the country. So they're coming to Smod Castle to do that. If you love Mission Hill, come see them do the live show. Uh, they show cartoons, and then they talk about it afterwards and stuff. Um, as for me and mine, 420, the high holiday, if you will, you want to spend it with a guy who doesn't smoke weed, come to Smod Castle Cinemas. We're going to show Jane Silent Bob reboot. Watch Jane Silent Bob reboot with me and Mooby, the golden calf. We're taking pictures and shit like that as well. That's on 420. On 421, which is a Friday, we're doing this thing I'm very excited about uh, called Trailer Park which is uh, come watch 90 minutes of trailers 
from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with, with me. We just sit there and watch movie trailers. Oftentimes, the best part of any movie-going experience, I, I believe we all agree. These are classic trailers from back in the day, man. Uh, Steven, our, our, our digital guru at Smodcastle, uh, it kind of stemmed from when we did the Ides of Mark. He was putting up trailers for cool-ass fucking old movies, and I was like, we should do this for like 90 minutes straight. And he's like, we can. So that's happening on 421. Uh, on 422, of course, it's sold out. You can't get tickets. We're doing Chasing Amy with Jason Lee going to be back in town. Uh, but like I said, that's all sold out. But get this shit, man. On May 5th, on May 5th, May, May the 4th, of course, is Star Wars Day. May 5th is Revenge of the, of the 5th. But we're doing a show called Revenge of the Smith because my name is Smith. And so basically, you know, in all my movies, I've always done fucking Star Wars oriented material. Well, we're going to sit there. I'm going to show you every fucking Star Wars scene from a movie I've ever made. And then I'm going to pause it and fucking tell you the story of how it happened and why it happened and shit. Revenge of the Smith is happening at Smodcastle Cinemas on May 5th. And then on May 6th, come watch Jane Silent Bob Strike Back with me and Jason Muse. Jason Muse coming to Smodcastle, man, to show fucking uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Then on May 7th, we're going to show Drawn Flies, which is a movie my friend Malcolm Ingram made in 1995. This is kind of a spiritual sequel to Mallrats because a lot of our cast, they went up to Vancouver and shot this movie about looking for Bigfoot. Uh, Jason Lee gives an amazing performance in this movie that was so good, it made me rewrite the part of Banky and Chasing Amy because I was like, this guy could do a lot more than fucking what I give him credit for doing Brody and shit like that. Jason Muse is in it. Renee Humphreys is in it. Uh, I pop up in it and stuff. Scott Mosier's in it, wearing a fucking diaper. Ethan Suplee pops up, and I'm telling you, it's like Mallrats too, for fuck's sake. Um, it's a black and white Canadian classic, ladies and gentlemen. That's happening on May 7th. Director Malcolm Ingram, going to be in the house. Jay Mew's going to be in the house. I will, of course, always be in the house. Tickets at SmodcastleCinemas.com. The last thing I'll promote for the time being, but please go to the SmodcastleCinemas.com website and see all the shit we got coming, including... On fuck, well, I'll tell you about this first. We're doing a uh, the Jersey Girl, the Snyder Cut, ladies and gentlemen, which on the internet has become shorthand for an uncut version of the movie, the longest version of Jersey Girl that you never saw, including so much J Lo that you could shake a stick at. All the J Lo that got cut out of the movie during its theatrical run is going to be playing during the Jersey Girl, the Snyder Cut. That is on uh, May twenty eighth, um, but you know, Flash is coming. The Flash, uh, of course, June 16th. So the weekend of June 16th, June 17th, June 18th, I'm going to be at every nighttime showing of The Flash. Just watch The Flash with me, man. And hopefully we're going to show Batman Returns that week. We'll see if Warner Brothers lets us. Um, I can't wait, but I'm going to see Flash early, man, because uh, what is it, April 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th is CinemaCon. Used to be called Show West. Now it's CinemaCon, which is like Comic-Con. For people that own movie theaters and shit, um, exhibitors, if you will, and they're showing fucking the flash like two months before it comes out and shit. And I don't know if they're gonna make me sign an NDA, but like I'm watching the fuck out of them. And so <laughs> I'll be back to be like, it is everything that Tom Cruise says. What did you see that news story where like Tom Cruise saw the flash and he was yeah. like, It's great, <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, so I can't wait to go to CinemaCon see the fucking Flash. That's why I bought a badge, just to go see the fucking Flash and stuff. And there's other movies they're debuting and stuff, but I'm there to see the fucking 
That's the flash. Any event, bunch of shit happened. If you want to see me on the West Coast, Hollywood Babylon this weekend, this Saturday. If you want to see me on the East Coast, tons of fucking shows at Smodcastle Cinemas. Go to smodcastlecinemas.com or csmod.com for tickets. Thank you for pointing all that out, uh, uh, Dilf Man, our producer. I, I like literally would have forgotten because I'm so enamored of Super Chat. Cannot believe that people are given money just to say a thing. How lovely. Um, but however, and, and, and Kevin, their comments will be there later. You can click the little dollar sign at the top of the chat. We can come back to them later. They don't worry about it. Just like is that, that right? Yes. This motherfucker knows everything. Give it up for fucking Dilf Man. He keeps popping off the screen and shit, but he used to be down there. Um, all right. Enough about all that. Yeah. Shall we dive into the meat of the show? Let's do it. Let's let's do a quick uh, round robin of the shit that you and I have seen, either together or apart. Um, you've talked about Mandalorian, the most recent episode of it, the one with Jack Black and Lizzo as space paramours. That seems like the episode that everyone online is like, that's where it jumped the fucking shark. That's their super chat episode, I guess. <laughs> um, a lot of people unhappy with the appearance of Jack Black and Lizzo. Um, a lot of people specifically mad that Lizzo knighted Grogu in one of the moments. I, you know, I, I didn't bump into that. I was like, whatever, if that's what you want to do with guest stars and shit like that, that's totally cool. I mean, Christopher Lloyd was on the fucking show. Who don't love Christopher Lloyd? But who don't love Jack Black? Especially this week, fucking Super Mario Brothers like made every dollar in the world. And he's got that Peaches video like on fucking YouTube and shit like that. Yeah. That's that blown up. But him eligible for an Oscar. Is it really? Written for the movie. Um, and, but yet, my man, all he does is shows up on Mandalorian and everybody's like, boo! Uh, I, I didn't bump into it at all. I don't give a fuck. Like having a Star Wars TV show, you'll never hear a complaint out of me and shit. Especially now that we've heard from but Dave Filoni at Celebration, they're going to wrap all that shit up in a fucking movie. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't jump the news. Don't jump more about the news. that later. Yes. Blow over to you. What did you think of that episode? Um, I I am mystified by this season of The Mandalorian, um, because it I don't I don't really know what story it's telling anymore, other than maybe we're going to retake Mandalore eventually, kind of. But then again, Din Djarin doesn't really give a shit about that part of the lore. Like he just kind of wants to hang out with Grogu, as does I feel like most of the world. Um, and so every episode does not seem to be about him or, nor does it seem to be about Grogu. Now we're in the Bo-Katan show, which I love Katie Sackhoff. She's wonderful. Um, I like the character of Bo-Katan. I'm not as uh, welded to her as some people are, because I wasn't a Clone Wars kid. So all of this sort of Mandalore lore is a little bit like, okay, it's a flavor, I guess but suddenly it's become the entire meal that we're eating. Um, and yes, the Mandalorian can refer to lots of different people, apparently, but. That's what you know. I, I read in a story this week online, like, uh, cause it said like, you know, Pedro Pascal is no longer the fucking Mandalorian. And I thought it was a story about how somebody else plays him and he just does the voice, but it's literally like somebody with the show, not fucking Favreau or Filoni or whatever. Somebody, I think, the guy, one of the directors, mm -hmm. Rick Fumiyama, maybe, I'm not sure. But somebody fucking said that, hey, man, the, what does the Mandalorian mean? It don't have to mean him. 
could be Bo-Katan, could be fucking Grogu and shit. They've, they've, what we all thought the Mandalorian title referred to to Jin, Din Jaren. Mm-hmm. Mando! Can now be broader about something else or whatever. I don't know. I pass a billboard every fucking day here in town where it's clearly fucking Din Jaren. It's clearly the Mandalorian fucking flying around with Grogu in his arms. So... I, you know, it, even though some of the stories this year have deviated, like that one with Dr. Pershing and stuff, which had almost no Mando just in the beginning and just at the tail end, um, I, I don't bump into that. I'm like, look, man, I, I don't mind they go on flights of fancy and stuff. Uh, however, we only have one or two episodes left for this season. I think it's only eight eight episodes this season. Yeah, you know, and so to spend... Again, I just don't know the story they're telling because they, all right, we're going to spend an episode rescuing this fucking kidnapped Mandalorian kid from weird space vultures. Okay, sure, I guess we can do that. I don't know what that has to do with the the main story, but maybe there is no main story. Maybe we're just going back to episode of the week. It's just going to be this. And now it's going to be like, you know, Law and Order Coruscant or whatever, where we've got to find... You know, it's not Coruscant, I know. But we've got to find out, like, who's poisoning the droids and making them angry? And then we're just, it's a detective show. It's, you know, it's fucking Matlock with a couple of Mandalorians in masks asking to- Matlock in space. Matlock in space. And it's like, but I don't, because I don't know what Din Djarin wants anymore. And because I don't really know what Grogu wants anymore. I don't know how any of these episodes are continuing that story. I know what Bo-Katan wants very much. Um, and so maybe it is just becoming her show in the same way that Book of Boba Fett became Mandalorian show, became Din Djarin's show. Excellent point. That's true. We thought we were watching a Boba Fett show and then suddenly it was the Mandalorian and Ahsoka show. Yeah. Stanley and Chad, who paid nothing to say this, <laughs> just made me smile, made me laugh. He goes, please hate on Star Wars and Marvel. They deserve it. No, they do <laughs> They don't. No, they don't. Remember when there was a world where this shit didn't exist and we all dreamed of like, why don't they do this shit as a TV show? And now they are. I can't hate on it, man. Um, even if even if like fucking Jack Black's got a bushy beard and playing a big character, I I was happy for him. I was like, look, he's in Star Wars, too. Um, like I, the, the Jack Black Lizzo thing didn't bother me, you know, just because the entire episode was bothersome to me. They didn't stand out as like, oh, it's their fault. Like, no, it's actually, I don't know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> you know, like Din Djarin makes this big thing where he explains how it's like, well, she, uh, I lost the dark saber because this creature attacked me and then she killed the creature. So by rights, she belongs, to, she should have the dark saber. Cool. You could have told her that at any moment over the last four episodes, but you didn't until it was dramatic. <laughs> like, really? Okay. She could have just had it. And you can't even use it. You were just being a queen about it. <laughs> yeah, it's queen. Uh, Stanley didn't pay anything for a super chat, but he's getting his money because Mark is hating on Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> for you, everybody. Uh, Jazz PDX, who also did not fucking pay anything to ask this question, said, are Fabs and Filoni getting creative interference or is it all them? I saw an article where Fa- John Favreau was like, nobody's telling me what to do. This is just what I want to do. I didn't read like creative interference to me. It doesn't read like fucking Disney being like, you should do this or you should do this. I think a guy's got his own fucking TV show. He can do anything he wants with it and shit. And I'm sure he meets famous people all the time who are like, oh, I love that fucking show. And, you know, he's started popping them in to the show. Like, I, I don't know. It didn't read like 
this is all fucking Disney doing it. Disney's ruining Star Wars. No, no. Uh, what I do mean, you think? I, I think they could use some creative interference. <laughs> like, I, I think that, that the show is suffering a little bit because there's nobody but these two guys making Star Wars. And when it works, it's great. But, like, th- there's a reason why we do have writer rooms. There's a reason why that collective experience is a net good thing in television. I mean, if Tony Gilroy can have a writer's room for Andor, then there's no reason why. And invite other people in and collaborate and together make a great thing. I think I think Mando is suffering a little bit from some tunnel vision. Um, but hey, that's just me on the outside looking in. Um, and and yes, we are we are probably coming to the end of the Mando cycle, as you intimated. Um, but I just I remember when it was a show about a bounty hunter who found a kid, and there were no Jedi's and there was no lore, and it was just a thing that everybody could kind of jump onto. And then by now the midway through the third season, it has become this somewhat Byzantine exploration of the nooks and crannies of a Star Wars universe that, if you haven't done the reading, is a little bit. I don't know. Opaque. I, look, oh my God. Fuck, I was just going to give you props for Byzantine, which I always said Byzantine. <laughs> like fucking, you then, you then fucking close, you stick the landing with opaque? <laughs> Words. Oh my God. Mark gets the fucking vocabulary of the day award for both. <laughs> Nobody going to say anything as smart in this show as Mark just expressed it. Whether you agree with the sentiment or not, Byzantine and fucking opaque are just like billion dollar words to just casually drop in conversation, man. Take that. If you're going to take anything from the show, number one, take that we jumped the shark with Super Chat. (laughs) Take that. Take Byzantine and fucking opaque into your daily conversations, kids. That's what you get when you watch a Fat Man Beyond show. You get the smarts. You get the smarts. Um, Picard season three is phenomenal. Picard season three is, I think, everything that everybody who was ever a fan of The Next Generation always wanted Picard to be. And I say that as a person who worked on season two. Um, I think that, that you know, this is, this is the version of the show that, that uh, the showrunner, Terry, always wanted to do, that every writer has always wanted, that every actor who's ever been on, on Next Generation wanted to come back and play it. This is the way to close out a storyline. Um, it's it's just it's it's great. It is kind of unreservedly great, um, except for one reservation, which is the Jack Crusher stuff. I could kind of give or take. Um, but is this the last season? He this asked? is the fi- the final season. So do you um, think? So then, is that why it's great and everything that everyone ever wanted it to be? Because they're like, well, this is it—the last hurrah. It is, it does have the feeling of like just you know there's no reason to leave anything behind. There's no reason to leave any ammunition in the, in the, in the, in the, in the guns, just blow all the barrels, like do all the things, leave it all in the field. And it is, it is nostalgia for sure. Um, But it's nostalgia that gets to be surprising in ways. It's nostalgia that gets to be um, warming in ways and emotional in ways, but it's also proper Star Trek. There's also like fucking phaser battles and, and, spaceship combat and amanda Plummer as this wonderful villain um it's just honey bunny honey bunny is continuing her villainous ways and taking them to outer space in the future um but yeah man i i completely dig it i completely dig it um 
Let's see. John Wick 4, which both of us have seen, um, independent of one another. John Wick 4 is essentially four or five of the most incredible 25-minute action sequences <laughs> anyone has ever tried to commit to film. Um, we sh- we did. I watched it at Smod Castle Cinemas, mm. um, and we did a watch Wick with Kev. So I was just in town, and I, it was a Saturday night, and I was going to watch John Wick. So I was like, come watch it with me, and we'll do Q&A afterwards and stuff. I'll do Q&A for a movie I had nothing to do with. <laughs> and my God, like, I, at first, when I sat down in my seat, like, er, Smod Castle Keeper Ernie O'Donnell is like, I hope you got two hours and 40 minutes. And I was like, why? He's like, that's how long this movie is. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you're talking about motherfucker who made Clerks 3. And it was like 94 minutes and shit. I cut my shit to the bone and whatnot. Then I was like, I ain't got time for fucking two hours and 30, 40 minutes, whatever the fuck it was. Shit went by like that. Shit fucking flew by, even at that length, man. It was incredible. Um, I, You know, I we had a discussion afterwards about like, is what's the influence here? Is it fucking one long cartoon or is it video games or what the fuck? And I was like, what it is, is you could do some shit with special effects now that you never could before. Somebody said like, it's a mixture of the fucking, um, you know, the Shaw brothers and, and, and Looney Tunes to some degree. Mm. Um, All it was, was fucking magic. I read a story where Keanu went through and, fucking crossed out a lot of the dialogue. So he only has about 300 words that he says in the whole movie. But there's a guy who knows his character, knows what the audience wants and shit. It was not wanting for fucking dialogue. Breathless in terms of like the action sequences. There's one like touch of evil shot in that motherfucker just went on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the overhead shot. Yeah, was fucking Dragon's evil. breath shotgun just sparking motherfuckers in the fire. And fucking like... This uh, the, I'm sorry, but the, the the fucking Sacred Heart sequence, the stairs sequence, mm-hmm. was just fucking brilliant, man. Because when he gets to the spoilers, kids, it's been out for a red hot minute. But this don't spoil the movie. If you ain't seen it, it should make you want to see it. Fucking, there's this Sacre uh, Coeur uh, <laughs> church in in France that ain't the one that went on fire. It's not Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but it's the other one. And it's all their big fucking selling point is like. These stairs will give you a fucking heart attack because there's so many stairs to get up to the church and shit. They do an entire action sequence on these fucking stairs. And just when fucking Wick makes it to the top of the fucking stairs, somebody kicks him all the way down the stairs. He has to do it again. It was fucking brilliant. That moment alone, I was like, because I was like, yeah, he's at the top of the stairs. Let's go. And they're like, oh, no. They really know what they're doing with this fucking series, man. It's absolutely fucking phenomenal. Uh, and the audience that I was with ate it up like candy. It wasn't a single per- person that the end of it, you know, I go like, how many people liked it? All the hands went up. I was like, how many people didn't like it? No fucking hands went up. Um, it's just astounding to watch. And yeah. it's weird that like I can't even consider myself as a filmmaker when I watch a film like this, cause I'm like, holy shit. Now, you know, I understand they had a lot of digital help and fucking like is fucking directed by a guy, a stuntman, right? The guy. Yeah. Used to be yeah. Oh my God. This guy's fucking so talented. This kid, give him all the money and make every fucking move. Give him every one of the franchises, give him a star Wars, give him a Marvel, let this guy do whatever he fucking wants. Cause my God, this movie was vastly entertaining. Here's the highest compliment I could pay it. As I sat there watching it, I wished my fucking father, who's been dead for 20 years in June, 
could be exhumed from the fucking ground with a Necronomicon just so I could show him this movie. This, my father was an action movie fucking freak. If he'd seen this fucking movie, he might be alive today. This movie <laughs> would have kept him alive if he knew this movie was coming one day. It, it is, it's, it's just so fucking good. Did you like it? Um, I think every one of those action scenes is maybe the best action scene I've ever seen. Right? Like fucking hands down, bro. I was thinking like how many other movies have done action over the years and shit, but I'm like, oh my God, this is breathtaking. Yeah. But I will also say you could probably cut half of those action scenes and I would have enjoyed the movie just as much. Fair enough. It it did not have to be as long as it was. (laughs) And like there's, there's very little suspense or plot or character being conveyed in any of those scenes, right? Like it's, here I am in this hotel in Japan, which is super cool. And it's filled with fucking assassins and I'm going to kill them all and make my way out. Right? Right. Do we learn anything new about John Wick? No. Do we learn anything new about the plot? No. It's just, can he make it out alive? And of course he can because he's John Wick. And so it becomes it becomes a little numbing after a while when you're just like, all right, so we did the cool overhead action scene and then we're in the, the, the Arc de Triomphe car chase scene where people are jumping out and getting killed and it's amazing. And then we're doing the staircase scene and that's 40 minutes of just things exploding and cars screeching and guns firing, which is a lot if there's no emotional tether to any of it. You know, is there? Got, did you not have an emotional tenor? This is a. This is a. This all began, mind you, with a guy really upset that they killed a fucking puppy. Which and I love the first movie. The first absolutely. movie is perfect. By and it doesn't movie. have. It doesn't have what this movie had. Like it feels like they started in a very realistic kind of world with the first one, and I've not watched the Fast and Furious movies, but like you have. Oh yes your description of them was like, because I remember the first one and I was like, it's just about car racing. And you're like, oh, it's gone beyond that. Bro, they go to space. (laughs) (laughs) And it feels like they've upped the ante every fucking go around. Um, But I'm here for it, man. Like, I loved what they did in fucking chapter four, John Wick chapter four. But I remember the very simple premise of John Wick like, this is a man who's pissed off that they killed his fucking dog and his yeah. wife, but dog first and shit. Yeah, but it was it was the, like, my wife died and the last gift she gave to me was this dog to help me grieve so I wouldn't have to grieve her death alone. And you killed that symbol of, of salvation that I had. So I'm going to lay waste to everybody to get my fucking revenge. And he does. And okay, I get it. It's pure. It's simple. By this movie, it seems as if it's going to be about John Wick, the only way he can get out and live a life is to get rid of the high table completely, right? I got to kill the last fucking dude to kill. And you're like, oh, all right, cool. It's going to be this marquee guy, right? Who's super fun. Like, yeah, all of his suits are amazing. The amount of like just venom that oozes from 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 that dude, one of the Skarsgård, Skarsgård boys. Bill, Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. He's great. But then somebody says, oh, well, if you just kill him, they'll replace him with somebody else. But let's all do this, says Winston, the amazing Ian McShane, so I can get my hotel back. And so John Wick dies, asterisk, so that another dude can get his hotel back. He doesn't get rid of the high table. He doesn't get revenge for his wife. Like all of it is kind of just like a real estate transaction. And at the end of all of it, I kind of wanted it to mean more. And it really doesn't. 
you know, it's just, it's a little bit futile. And if that's the point they wanted to make, okay, that's a choice. That like all of that death ultimately doesn't amount to anything, that there is no, there is no getting rid of the system. The best you can do is try to live your life in a way that you can find some honor in. I get it. But it's also a little like for this movie, in which this dude is a superhero, like it's going to be an oddly hollow ending. And the asterisk is because I don't think John Wick is dead if they decide they want to make another movie. I think I think the director was it Chad Chad Stahelski, yeah. Chad Chad Stahelski has said there's going to be a chapter five. Yeah, I mean they're like maybe a spinoff about the Donnie Yen character who's super cool. Kane, he's great. You know, they're definitely doing a ballerina movie out of the whole like Russian ballerina assassin training school. Um, and you know, they're like, well, we'll see if we have another idea. But if you don't see a body going into a coffin and a coffin going into a grave. That is not a character who has to be dead. And we saw the same fucking gravesite for, for Nick Fury like eight times. And that motherfucker never seems to die. So got, I saw him in a trailer for a fucking secret invasion. He's back like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I appreciate these movies with what for what they do to the craft. And and Chad is a he's he's a wizard at this. And he's figured out a way to advance the technology of stunts and of action and a lot of that stuff is practical i mean there's some cg stuff for sure but like keanu's doing like 90 percent of that stuff yes that, um, i mean it's fucking at one point dude he's working nunchucks where you're like how does this guy have time to be a nunchucks expert like he's in fucking so many movies and shit and he's older than me and you right he's yeah. got like 55 56 years old yeah he's, he's almost fucking working the chucks like fucking nobody's business it was so awesome that when he stopped working the chucks, he just let him hang around his neck <laughs> shit, and then fucking picked him back up and fucking went. We had a good time after the movie during the Q&A talking about I had um, Shane, uh, who's my AD on Clerks 3, Shane Kalman, um, was there watching it with me. So I was like, you get up and do Q&A with me and shit. Because I was like, Shane, how long does it take to do something like the arc, the, the triumph scene and shit? And we were trying to break down for the audience how much of it was real and how much of it was fucking done elsewhere and stuff. You know, because we had definitely had some people in the audience who thought, like, all that traffic was really there. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so much of that comes together in post and whatnot. But do you think he was actually working nunchucks or do you think he's yeah. doing this shit and they put nunchucks in his hand later on? I think he's working them. I mean, that's what I thought. I was like, training that he does. I mean, Chad, Chad did a lot of press. I mean, there's been a ton of press around each one of these movies. But he said, like, I bring the stunt team in, you know, four to six months before we start shooting. And Keanu is training for six to eight months before we start shooting so that he can do as much of it as possible. And, like, all of the martial arts stuff is stuff he's doing. Like, he's not there, – there's, there's always the line between, like, are we going to kill Keanu or are we just going to ding Keanu? And it's like, he's taking a lot of those hits. We're not slamming him into vans at 100 miles an hour. Like, that's either a stunt guy or CG, but, like, Keanu wants to do it all. Keanu, like, every time the gun jams that they use, it's because the gun really jammed. And Keanu just knows what to do, and he knows how to play it as part of a scene. He knows what John Wick would do with a jammed gun. And I also like, to your point, we talked about this years ago, years ago, months ago, I don't know, time. There are no live rounds on the sets of those movies. He's like... Every gun is a non-fireable gun. There's no muzzle flash on the set. Like everything is digital, all of it. It's like, I just won't, there's no reason to do it. As, and we have not done it on any of these movies. Like we can, we can fake 
the, the, the slide going back and forth. We can eject empty shells onto the ground if we have to, but you could not put a bullet in any gun that's on any one of these sets and fire it. Which you have to give credit to the performers because they make it look like just enough recoil and shit like that. Like he's not just going like this and his hand's not really moving. It looks like they're firing fucking guns. And I don't mean visually it looks like it with the muzzle flash that they add later on and stuff. But to be an actor in the middle of a fucking scene where you're beating up a hundred fucking people and you still have an in a uncut fucking shot that goes on for minutes and you still have the presence of mind to still fucking jerk just enough to have you fucking be like, yeah, he's firing a fucking gun right there. It they don't is, even have to, they don't even have to fake it because they built it with like motors inside of it that that shimmy it just enough so when you press the trigger the motor starts spinning and it gives you that feel so that you can see like flesh jiggle when the gun is moving just yeah, to, right yeah yeah like and i think they had it god when did they have i remember weta had worked on something like that like 10 or 15 years ago because they also realized back then maybe we don't need bullets anymore we don't need blanks anymore um but no i i think that the discreetly like every 10 minutes of that movie is a masterpiece i just think that when you put it all together to two hours and 40 minutes worth of it it uh the 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 parts i think are a little bit more than the whole but that is just me um uh, as with everything joshua mundhall who was one of our fucking super chatters asked a free question mm. kevin mark berserker keanu's comic have you read any of it yet what do you think of an upcoming uh, upcoming animated series slash movie? Have you ever read his comic? I have not read his comic. Um, I know others. They are comics. doing a they are doing a cartoon, right? I think Netflix got the rights, and I think they have a whole like suite of things they want to do with it. I think they want to do a live action thing. I don't think they want to do an animated thing. I think that you know the Keanu of it gets you quite a bit of of avenues of exploitation for that, and it seems fun. It seems fun. It's a Boom comic, and the guys at Boom are super smart. Can I tell you an inside fucking baseball story that I think has something to do with that? Shoot. So uh, years ago, I was working on a live action Buckaroo Banzai TV mm. series. At first, we sold it to Apple. MGM owns it. At first, we uh, I got involved with the good folks at MGM because like, we hear you love Buckaroo Banzai. I was like, fuck yeah, I love Buckaroo Banzai. So we pitched it to Apple. It got bought like in a heartbeat and shit. Was it Apple or Amazon? Amazon first, I think. I don't know. One of them, either Apple bought it first, then Amazon bought it after, or Amazon bought it first and Apple bought it after. Ironically enough, it was the same guy at both companies who bought it. His name was Morgan. He was the dude that bought it. So we were doing a live action version of the show. Um, and they, the, whoever we wound up with, ultimately, I think it was Apple. Mm. Remember who went first. They both begin with A. Um so whoever it was, whether it was Apple or whether it was Amazon, be somebody in chat fucking remembers. Um, they, those cats were like, I don't know, maybe it's not a live action series. Maybe it's an animated series. And so I got some cool ass designs from the folks at Powerhouse Animation, um, guys who I do, uh, and girls, with uh, uh, Masters of the Universe with for Netflix. In any event, they designed this. Um, someone said, gravi gravitated, said, would someone please get Kevin high? Why? Like, I was more obnoxious when I was high. I was right. way more energetic. Last time. Yeah, truly. Um, so 
I had cool ass designs, very manga, very anime influenced for Buckaroo Banzai animated series. And I, I cannot tell you how this happened, but somebody was like, you know who's interested in playing Buckaroo Banzai in your animated series? Keanu Reeves. And I was like, what the fuck? So they hooked up Zoom with, with me and, and Keanu. And I had met him once before also on Zoom uh, for the Bill and Ted uh, face the music like a uh, premiere or whatever. They put together this like online fucking panel and stuff during the days of COVID. And, you know, I was like, Oh my God, I, I had to tell him like, look, fucking, we don't get to silent Bob. We don't get to Jay and silent Bob without Bill and Ted. And we don't get to silent Bob without Theodore, uh, Ted, Theodore Logan and shit. Um, and he was like, Whoa. And so here we are fucking a year or two after that. And we're doing another Zoom, but this time it's not in front of the world and shit. It's just literally me and fucking Keanu. And he goes, so, Buckaroo Banzai. And I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> and and we talked for like half an hour. And this is, this is a, like, it's it's never happening and shit, but this is a, it ties into that berserker thing. By the end of the conversation, he was like, let's do this, man. And I was like, oh, my God, this show's actually going to fucking happen. <laughs> and then one week later, he sent me a lovely email where he was like, I have to back out of the show. He's gone. I hope we get to work together one day. Polite as fuck. He's a Canadian kid. So he's just absolutely fucking wonderful and shit. I think it probably had to do with Berserker. So I think mm -hmm. he's like, oh, if I'm going to do a cartoon, I'm going to do a cartoon based on my comic book. Lovely, lovely fucking dude. But for one brief shining moment for about a week or two week period, we could have had Buckaroo Banzai played by Keanu Reeves in an animated series. Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, Peter Weller, for the record, if anyone was like, what about fucking Peter Weller? He would have played Hanoi Shan, uh, who is, if you know the Buckaroo Banzai world and the book written by Earl, the great Earl McGraw, um, that's his Lex Luthor um, that doesn't really get much play in the Buckaroo Banzai movie. Um, but him in the book, him and Lazardo are like this and shit. Now I'm falling down the rabbit hole and whatnot, but <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Yes. So uh, John Wick 4 made all the money. It's, you know, if they want to make a fifth, they can. They're spinning it out a dozen different ways, um, including doing a continental, continental TV series, right? Which I worked on. Um, That's yes. right. You did. I did. Um, I'm pretty sure that if I remember correctly, the continental is now three TV movies and not a TV series. Mm. Um, but it was all about the, uh, the how Winston gets the hotel. It was, a, it, it was would be young Winston, like young not Winston, you know, young Sharon. Um, there were a couple of other characters from the Wick universe that we were sort of beginning to bring in. But, uh, and we, we'd always had this idea of like young fucking John Wick um, or Jordani, whatever his Russian name is, Jovanovich. Um, but I don't think we ever landed on a, on a, on a really interesting way to bring him in to have made it worth it. But like season two or three, we'll totally bring in young John Wick. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. And, and, you know, I, I got to work a little bit with Chad in like picking his brain about how that world works. And he's a very intense, but very nice guy, but he's always on, he's always kind of moving. Um, never got to meet with Keanu, who I think is, is both nice, but a little bit of the opposite. And then he's just a little more chill, you know, like Chad was intense, but, uh, but yeah, he was very, he was very cool, but intense. 
While we're talking about Wick, we should give a shout out, pour one out for Lance Reddick. Indeed, indeed. Just and as we, the just as the movie opened, uh, the concierge himself um, passed away, like rather suddenly, and also very young. I think we talked. Did we talk about it on the? Yeah, in the last pod. Yeah, like that was the breaking news that day. Was like you know. That's right. R.I.P. Um, Lance Reddick. Yes. So um, once again, pour one out for Lance Reddick. Yeah. Uh, two quick trailers to hit before we dig into the Star Wars Celebration stuff. There was a new Across the Spider Verse trailer that dropped. Match. Man alive, just give it all to me. Yeah. For uh, one, like they made, they bring in the spot was very fun. Um, it looks like, a, a, you know, they get a lot of jokes out of that character and shit. Yeah. Um, but fucking who knew that uh, fucking Spider-Man 2099 was going to play, like play such a massive, massive fucking part. Yeah. And played by what's his fuck. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, great Oscar Isaac, Moon Knight himself, mm. who's, who, who's like gets to be two fucking Marvel characters in this world. <laughs> Three, if you count fucking Apocalypse from yeah, the X Men movie. Indeed. So, yeah, cannot wait for that. That's, I think, June. Is that June? Yeah, I think it's June. That looks amazing. That's uh, great. Uh, and also the bringing in fucking Peter Peter Parker comes back with fucking Spider Baby. I know. He's How adorable is that? <laughs> um, so I guess shit worked out with him and Mary Jane. I was like, I, I love that movie so much across uh, the, the original uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, and that trailer just has the line where, you know, his mother is, is talking to him on the roof. And it's just like, you know, you were a little boy. And I just don't want you to forget the, the boy that that we helped raise and the boy that we love and I want you to protect him and make sure that he's okay and it's just like all of the feelings are all bubbling in my body and I don't know what to do about it. It's beautiful, beautiful shit. Yeah. Um, and then the Blue Beetle trailer dropped. Our first wonderful. Movie. I thought it was really strong, man. I was I, honestly like Ted Court is my Blue Beetle and I was never like uh, I was out of comics by the time Jaime came around. I'm well aware of the character and whatnot, but. You know, I grew up reading Justice League, International, fucking all the Blue Beetle, fucking Booster Gold shit by uh, Dematis and Giffen and stuff. So Ted Cord is, was, and will always be my Blue Beetle. Um, that being said, holy fuck, man. Like, they've made a fucking really good looking movie. I hope that this isn't one of these Shazam Fury of the Gods things where they're like, well... This ain't part of the James Gunn plan. I hope going forward, they keep this up. Well, I hope the movie's as good as the trailer. Did you like the trailer? I dug the trailer. I mean, I think- Charming as fuck, man. Yeah, I think the, the kid is playing Jaime Reyes is super charming. That's the kid from fucking Cobra Kai, right? Yeah, yeah. He's Zolo, amazing. I don't know what his last yeah. name. God, he was so- he, he was the heart of Cobra Kai, man. At least season one and season two. Yeah. I remember when he fucking, like spoilers, when he gets fucking knocked off the railing and shit, I was like- Oh, like I, I love that. <laughs> I was very happy with season two. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. The, the the one quibble that I have is that superhero origin stories are at this point not entirely interesting to me because most of them are the same. You know, it's the I found a piece of tech that will transform my life and help change everything from this piece of shit to where I want it to be. Or I got bitten or exposed or radiated or... Or my parents got killed. Or something bad happened to my parents that motivates me to do whatever. Or I'm an alien and look, I just found out. With all of that stuff, like we've seen the five or six variations on the theme. And so 
I, I keep longing for either some new version of that or to just skip right over it. Um, like if I ever see pearls again in a Batman movie, fuck you. Like I know this origin already. Everybody does. I don't ever need to see Peter Parker get bitten by a spider again. We know how that works. And yes, Kal-El came from Krypton. We get it. Don't ever show me that shit again. Sounds like Gunn's not going to show you that in the movie that he's now directing as well as writing. Yeah. Like it seems Superman legacy is very much about like a Superman who's already Superman, who has questions about what that is. And I'm all for that. I mean, it's, we've been telling that origin now for almost 90 years. I think we get it. Um, so, so yeah, like I'm, I'm here for Blue Beetle. I'm very curious about what it is and what it looks like and how it operates. Um, and the trailer looks good. It's just that little bit of like, okay, no, if, if this follows the beats that I know, then, you know, it'll be the things in the periphery that get me excited and less the central core of what it is. But I reserve judgment until I see the movie and I live in hope. Dilf. Yes, Nerd Large. I'm complaining up, about Dilf. movies that I haven't even watched yet and just said, I live in hope. I haven't seen it yet. This is the trailer. Simmer down. Did that person pay money to ask you that question? He did not. Native so also wants to know if they can negotiate their rate down to Super Chat. So. <laughs> no, Kevin, I just wanted to uh, contribute that uh, actually the Blue Beetle movie was supposed to be an HBO Max film until James Gunn saw it and he said, no, no, no. We're going theatrical. Is that right? That's the rumor I heard. I don't know. I'd always heard that it was supposed to be theatrical and then there was a danger that it might go to... He fucking says shit and then it fucks off. I was in the middle of a conversation. Get back here, Dilf, man. I'm right here, man. Stand <laughs> by I'm your always com- here. Um, I hadn't heard that. I I thought it was always meant to be theatrical and maybe during the Zoslav era, there was a danger that it might go the way of, well, not Batgirl and be fucking canceled, but it might just go to HBO Max. But that, that would be a new one. I hadn't heard right. that. Uh, speaking of Super Chat, though, Rain Servant paid 10 bucks to say this. Hey, Kev, I want to thank you for sharing your heart attack story on the podcast years ago. Without it, my dad wouldn't be here today. So I'll always be in your debt. Number one, thank you. Number two, you're in the debt of the doctors who saved your dad's life. Um, I'm glad I said a thing and you maybe heard a thing and when the time was right, said a thing to your fucking dad. And I'm glad your dad's alive and stuff. Um, But for years, people ever since heart attack and fucking I've been talking about it. I've met, heard from people uh, online, met them in the real world. People giving me credit for saving their lives, saving the life of a loved one because I talked about this heart attack shit. Um, I, I, I did not. I just passed on some good information, shit I didn't know. And so that's, you know, been my MO for the last few years is like, Oh shit, I didn't know this shit. So when I started telling the story about my heart attack, it was really pass out information. Like, you know, I always thought fucking your arms gotta go numb or Elizabeth, you gotta do a red fox in order to know you're having a heart attack. But like being nauseous, having the sweats, these are all fucking warning signs as well. So I thank you for that, Rain. Uh, but you saved your dad's life. And more importantly, the doctors saved your dad's life. But I'm so glad your dad's around. Take them for when we were just talking about Mark not wanting to see another superhero origin and stuff. And we talked about my parents are dead. Like, you know, that was me making jokes about comics, but instantly what flashed in my head is my dad is dead. And that should have been my superhero origin story moment, but it's not. It's coming up in June. He'll be dead 20 fucking years. 
I, like I said before, when I was talking about fucking John Wick, I think about him when I see these fucking movies now, because I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's what he loved. When I showed him chasing Amy for the first time, he fell asleep because that wasn't his fucking speed and shit. <laughs> didn't have Clint Eastwood in it. Didn't have a fucking single gun or anything like that. But man, oh, man, if he had lived to see Wick, fuck, my old man would be, let me see, he died at 67. So he'd be 87 now. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he would have made it regardless of his poor health and whatnot. But I wish he had. And I guarantee you, if I could fucking sink John Wick 4 into the bowels of the earth, it would raise my father's corpse if he weren't, you know, cremated. Because I got a piece of him in an urn right over there. <laughs> my mom put him in this urn. God bless her. And I remember when my father died, she was like, I bought your father the most beautiful urn. And she showed it to me. And it was like this, this bronze affair of like, waves and it had three dolphins cresting over it and she's like that's meant to be you and your brother and your sister and me and and dad are the waves and whatnot and you know i was like my poor father's gonna spend the rest of his life in, the, in this ethan allen fucking sculpture like oh my god I, I my mom said do you want some of your dad's ashes i said fuck yeah i got him a nice respectable very simple wooden urn <laughs> that i took with me to when i got my hand and footprints put in the cement at Groman's chinese theater so that my dad could be there too. And then right before I left, like it wasn't something I was planning to do, but I looked down and there was a perfect space in the cement, still wet, you know, where I put my handprints, my footprints, written my name and wrote some shit and the date and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this just empty spot and I looked at the urn and it was almost the same fucking size. So I took the urn and I put it down into the cement, made a perfect like circle from the bottom of the urn and stuff. So if you ever go see like the Groman's Chinese Theater, the courtyard where all the footprints of the famous people are, the less famous Jay and Silent Bob are there, me and Jason Mews right next to each other. But my father, who took me to Groman's Chinese Theater when I was fucking nine years old on a family vacation to the courtyard and was explaining like fucking everybody who I didn't know in the cement. Some people I didn't know. I was there to see the Star Wars footprints like R2-D2, C-3PO and Darth Vader and shit. And right before we left, my old man was like, maybe you'll be here one day. And fucking like 40 years later, I was there. So it was a beautiful moment for me to put his his ashes in the fucking cement with me. Something that I could not have done if it was just my mom's gigantic fucking dolphin urn and stuff. Like that. <laughs> I shouldn't be fucking shit talking my mom. She's in the hospital right now, but she knows how I feel about that urn. You know what you did. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dealing with some shit, kids. Thank you, Rain Servant, for letting me fucking tell a story about my dad. Anyway, back to our shit. Should we, uh, should we roll the beautiful bean footage of JC at the celebration? We should, because it'll give us six minutes to not deal with Super Chat, which a lot of people are so irritated by. Um, kids, uh, JC, Banff man himself, uh, the proprietor, owner and proprietor of the Scum and Villainy Cantina, our home for this show, uh, which uh, even when during a pandemic, we would go to an empty scum and villainy cantina and do the fucking show. Uh, if you've never been to Hollywood, make a trip, just like my old man fucking took me when I was nine years old, and my family and stuff. Make a trip to Hollywood one day and make sure you go to the scum and villainy cantina. There ain't no bar like it anywhere on the planet and stuff. Um, don't call it a Star Wars bar. Because no. now it's a Star Trek bar. They had a fucking <laughs> shindig there 
not too long ago for fucking uh yeah was the show for picard yeah and they like redid the whole like on entryway so that now it's all like a fucking holodeck thing or whatever it's all star trek screens everywhere dope jc one day jc is going to be the richest person we know because he's going to franchise this fucker and there's going to be fucking scum and villainy cantinas all over the fucking world yep. um but regardless jc banff man himself as you all know is a massive, massive fucking Star Wars fan. So massive that he went over to England where they were doing a fucking uh, a Star Wars celebration this year. Something that at first I was like, can you believe they moved this shit out of America until somebody was like, you know, they made Star Wars in London at a long time ago. I was like, oh, good point, good point. They deserve it as well. So the celebration went to the UK this year and um, uh, Brian Lynch, our friend Brian Lynch, he went over and stuff uh, and JC went over as well. And so we were going to try to do JC coming in live um, from like at one point, Mark was pitching. It was, it was three time zones, two countries, one <laughs> podcast. Cause I was supposed to be on the East coast. Mark was going to be on the West coast and JC was going to be over in fucking England. But as the case is, me and Mark are right now both in fucking California. So we're in one time zone. <laughs> and JC, when we were like, you ready to do this shit? Six o'clock PST fucking America time on fucking Monday. And JC was like, that's three in the morning for me. No. Okay. <laughs> Although we got a bunch of people super chatting us fucking pound sterling. who are obviously watching the show at fucking 3 a.m. So I don't know what JC's problem is. But JC said, I'm not going to be there live, but I will send you a fucking video and shit. So JC said it was going to be a two minute video. He turned it into a six minute video. If I remember correctly, um, here with a special report from star Wars celebration, get in here, Dilf man. Dilf. <laughs> how adorable is that? <laughs> no, it's uh, how long is that video? Uh, six minutes, 50 seconds, I believe. Six minutes and 50 seconds. So we're going to go to celebration with our beloved Banff man who's not here because he's over fucking in the UK and whatnot uh, and watch six minutes of video. Don't fucking touch that dial because as soon as it's done, me and Mark are going to be back talking all about celebration because we made JC promise he wouldn't spoil everything. He's there. His, his piece is about his personal experience and whatnot. Uh, we'll be back to talk about all the fucking news that came out of Star Wars Celebration, including that fucking amazing Ahsoka trailer, yep. uh, which looks like fucking Rebels season fucking five or whatever, three, uh, as soon as JC's done talking. So without further ado, uh, Dilf, man, take us to the UK, man. Uh, that'll give me a chance to go take a whiz. Uh, and, and let's see what JC has to say. What's up, fam and beyond? I am here in London at Star Wars Celebration. It just ended. It's done, it's over. Four days, like lightning fast, came and went. Uh, lots of really, really cool stuff. Lots of fun costumes. Some of my favorite, uh, I saw Cloud with the full on like Kenner action figure costume. I saw Sindel and Mace Tawani from the Ewok Adventure movie. Bumped into some Fat Man Beyond fans who recognized me and talked to them, which I'll play those videos a little bit later in my uh, little breakdown here. Uh, huge Star Wars news announcements for 
Ahsoka and the Acolyte and even Indiana Jones, because I guess that's Star Wars adjacent. A lot of really cool vendors. Um, other really cool stuff uh, I saw here in London, uh, which was also wild because every time you talk to a little kid here with the accent, they're so proper. You feel like you're talking to an adult. Uh, that's been wild. What else? Some really cool scenery. Um, we've got an Endor bunker. We've got the Hoth turret. And there's an animatronic probe droid that was driving around here, which was cool. Uh, lots of R2-D2s, uh, lots of Wookiees, lots of Mandalorians, a lot of Mandalorians. I also saw, the first time I've ever seen this, the wet-haired Luke Skywalker in Stormtrooper outfit with a Dianoga around his neck. Volkswagen was here. They like wrapped some of their new electric VW buses. There was Star Wars gaming. Long line if you wanted to demo the new Star Wars miniature game that's coming out. Uh, there was an Ewok on a hang glider the whole weekend. That was really cool. What else did we see? Oh, uh, the Emperor had his chair and was doing photo ops with people. I think my personal favorite part was uh, coming to the convention today with Jocelyn. It's just the two of us. And she walked right over to the Hasbro booth and found the retro remakes of the vintage Kenner action figures. And she sat down for 10 whole minutes just looking at them and talking about them and explaining who all the characters were to me. It honestly, like, it, it was uh, kind of like what Ben Affleck says in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, is that uh, sooner or later you realize that you are Thomas Wayne and not Bruce Wayne. And that, uh, that moment uh, is something that I will carry with me uh, forever because I was doing the same thing when I was her age. Uh, only I was at Toys R Us. Uh, if anybody remembers what that is. All in all, a wonderful weekend with my family, a wonderful weekend with my Star Wars family, and they just announced about five minutes ago that the next one is going to be in Japan in two years. So start saving your shekels because we are going to Japan in 2025. Uh, I will be back on Fat Man Beyond in two or three weeks uh, when I get back from my European vacation. Until then, Will Wilkins will hold it down with Kevin and Mark. Um, and maybe I'll get a better haircut by the time I come home. We'll see you guys uh, in a few weeks. I almost forgot. Here are interviews I did randomly on the show floor from London with a couple Fat Man Beyond fans who recognized me from the United States. All right, Fat Man Beyond, here we are. I was recognized, not hard, with my stupid haircut. I'm with Doug from Seattle. How has the show been, Doug? It's been fantastic. Loved every day. When did you get here? We got here Thursday, so we've been here the whole weekend. And are you leaving tomorrow? Oh, no, we're going to stay for a few more days. Oh, nice. Oh, R2-D2 uh, is about to run over my daughter. What was, uh, what's been your favorite part of the show? I can't pick this one. What have you gotten into? Have you gotten into any panels? Yeah, we got into the Ahsoka panel, 
and the overflow for Bad Bats. How was the Ahsoka panel? Was it crazy? Did people go nuts? People went nuts, yeah. It looks cool. Did you did you read the Heir to the Empire books? Oh, of course. Back in the day, we're probably around the same age. Did did you go nuts when Ahsoka said Heir to the Empire? No, I didn't go nuts, but I knew exactly what she did. Did you get chills a little bit? Did you feel like oh, it brought me back? They they were talking to you. Yeah, they yeah. put something in there just for you. That's how I felt. Yeah, they knew who they were targeting. All right, that's it. That's what we got with Doug. I'm gonna keep keep searching. What up, everybody? Back with another Fat Man Beyond fan. This is Chris from Philadelphia. Chris, what was your favorite part of the convention so far? Oh my god, dude! Meeting up with you, uh, just just walking around. Like this one is actually one of my favorite ones. Like, at, like I've been four now. Like, what have you been seven? Uh, eleven. Eleven. <laughs> Since you were a child, I've been coming to this. Well, what? What? Um, what's the best costume you've seen? Oh, I gotta send. I, I gotta send you pictures. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll put them up. We'll put them up. What um, what has been? Did you get any panels? Did you do any panels? I did do panels. I got a uh, 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 day one. I got the Lucasfilm panel, and uh, seeing seeing like uh, the six minutes of uh, uh, the new uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones footage. Indiana Jones footage. What about what about the Ahsoka trailer? How did that play? Let's try not to curse, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Let's effing go, dude. Like there it is. <laughs> More Fat Man Beyond fans, and you can drink beer here. Dude, Good time. Good time. Is that we back? Now I can point that way. Fuck, I never get this right. God damn it. Hey. You, I can go like that. Fucking him. Uh, hold on. Number one. Just to listen to fucking some of the chat people who absolutely love that sequence. Um, somebody said that fucking, where is it? It wasn't a super chat. But it was, I can't find it. Where is it? No, here it is. Oh, Ruben Kiro said, JC should cosplay as Craglin for Guardians 3 next month. <laughs> kind of did fucking look like him, man. But Futura Maya says, uh, Futurama, yeah, sorry, says he looks like the character from the first episode of the Droids cartoon. He fucking did, man. Yes. I wonder if that's what he was going for. <laughs> um, how nice. What a great report that was uh, from JC, uh, from Bantan himself. And he, uh, he, you know, edited it together and shit while he's over there enjoying his, his ass. Is Will on the fly just swapping us to make people feel better? He's moving shit around. He wants to put us <laughs> back in our places. I feel like the beginning of the Brady Bunch. Dun, 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 dun. The square is yeah. moving. Yeah, it's like I, I fucked it up because I turned off my camera when I went to the... Yeah, when I went to the... No, it's just me. I muted my camera when I went to the Wiz Palace and then came back... Will, are you me. muted? Some people are saying you're muted. 
Yeah, I was to make sure that I couldn't be heard while JC was talking. My favorite part, pardon me, the whole thing is I'm apologizing to the audience because you guys shifted around, didn't know why. I went to go soup and ta-da, there you are. They say you're still muted. Well, uh, I can't, I can't help them then. Don't worry about it. it it's yeah. a delay, Mark. You can't believe the audience. Trust me. Fair enough. Um, so, celebration. Let's talk about celebration. Before we do that, I just want to point out tickets for Fat Man Beyond August 25th at Smodcastle are now up, as are tickets for the 826 thing that I'm not that supposed is. to necessarily mention, but you can still buy tickets for it. <laughs> um, I should also point out we're doing Hollywood Babylon, me and Ralph Garman, at Flappers Comedy Club this Saturday here in Los Angeles. But June 2nd, Hollywood Babylon traveling back to Smodcastle Ooh. to do a show. Yes, Ralph Garman coming back to New Jersey. We're doing uh, Hollywood Babylon on June 2nd. Uh, it's not up yet, but Red State's going to be on June 3rd, and Ralph was in that, so he's going to be there. And then we're also doing Hollywood Babylon Comic-Con Theater on June 4th. That's where me and, and, and Ralph read comic books, and Ralph does funny voices. Those tickets are now on sale at smodcastlecinemas.com. And then Smodcastle keeper Ernie O'Donnell asked me to mention one more time that this Friday, kids, this Friday at Smodcastle Cinemas is a night in Mission Hill with Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, man, the kids responsible for Mission Hill. Uh, you can go see that this fucking Friday, right? If you're in, on the East Coast and you love Mission Hill, Here's your chance. Come to Smog Castle and see it, kids. Anyway, yeah. back and, to the celebration. And one other thing, as, yeah. as when we started, our uh, friendly neighborhood Dilf Man was kind enough to remind us that this is Fat Man Beyond episode 398 um, slash Fat Man on Batman. Um, all in 398, which means we are two episodes away from 400. Fat Man 400? Fat Man 400, which we should probably make a bit of a big deal about. We should. And we should do that where the show has been live mostly, of course, which would be at the Scum and Villainy Cantina. So when JC gets back, which should be soon, as mm. he said, um, we'll figure out what that date's going to be. We'll put those tickets on sale for uh, at Scum and Villainy Cantina. Man, We should probably do both shows live, 399 and 400. But at the very least, 400 has to be fucking live from the cantina. Hell yeah. I wonder if we can get a special guest. Who would you get if you get anybody? If we can get anybody? Yeah. I mean, I, I, anybody. I think I'd, I'd, I'd do my father because that would mean he'd be alive again. Victor Garber? <laughs> Jeez, Victor Garber. Oh my God. What a great answer. You know what? My dad's dead and he's never coming back, but Victor Garber. There's a motherfucker we could talk to. Yeah, I was I was going to say Affleck. Oh, I would love to have fucking Ben Affleck on. Number one, we would talk about fucking Justice League, Batman v Superman. We'd talk about his time in the suit. Number two, we could talk about Air, which I went to the premiere of. And my God, it's fucking wonderful. Like, it's yeah. a legit wonderful fucking movie. There's no way they don't remember this movie when it comes Oscar time fucking next year. Mm. Uh, he directed the fuck out of this movie man and he's also legit wonderful as what's the dude's name phil, phil knight, knight. Yeah. phil knight in the movie like I, look i'm a big affleck fan obviously and i love affleck the director is absolutely wonderful and he's way better than me at the job 
But Affleck, the fucking actor, I've always been a fan of. And seeing him play fucking Phil Knight was delightful. Matty Damon is fucking wonderful in the movie. Everyone, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, fucking Marlon Wayans, uh, Chris Messina. Like, the fucking cast is fantastic. And the movie's just such a great American success story and shit like that. If you were alive in the 70s and 80s, like me and Mark, particularly for 1984, it's a fucking fall down memory <laughs> holes, uh, like right down the rabbit hole of all my most cherished memories of the 80s. The soundtrack plays like the most expensive 80s soundtrack ever put together. Every scene has a classic song from 82 to 84 and shit. Um, it also, like, I, you know, the movie that I'm making next, 430 movie, is set in 1986. So I went to the premiere with Harley's boyfriend, Austin, and shit. And as we're sitting there, we were the first ones in the fucking theater because I stopped smoking weed, so now I'm on time for everything, almost, except for this show. <laughs> um, as we sat there alone in the fucking theater waiting for the rest of the crowd to come, you know, at premieres, generally, they play the soundtrack while you're waiting for the movie to begin. And after, like, the fourth song, I was like, oh, shit, this is all going to be the soundtrack. Got to be one of the most expensive soundtracks of all time, man. But like, if you're, it, it played like my Spotify playlist, every song that I still listen to to this day and shit. Uh, the movie is legit wonderful. Um, I'm so happy for Ben. He's a talented motherfucker, as we all know. But my God, this movie is fantastic. And I don't just say that because, like, I know the guy and shit. Um, this movie will do fine without me. I think it opened to like 12 million this weekend or something like that. Yeah, it opened strong for the kind of movie that it is. Especially considering that, like, Super Mario Brothers sucked up all the fucking money from the box office. This is definitely a kid's weekend at the box office this mm. week. For, for those who follow along with this sort of thing, I talked about on the last Fat Man Beyond when we did from Smodcastle how fucking nobody goes to the movies anymore. Um, at least Smodcastle cinemas and shit. Uh, you know, opening fucking night of Avatar... Seven o'clock show, we had 12 people. Opening night of fucking Creed 3. And these were movies that were huge. We had six people. Super Mario Brothers? Like, apparently, all we are at Smodcastle Cinemas are like a rep house where you can watch old Kevin Smith movies <laughs> and fucking cartoons. Kids come galore to that theater. So Ernie texts me on fucking Wednesday to be like, we had 200 guests on a Wednesday. I thought it was cute that he called them guests. I was like, what are we, fucking Disneyland? Stop that shit. They're customers. Are you a cast member, too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Deep cut. But yeah, man, fucking uh, Super Mario Brothers was huge this weekend, as we all probably have heard by now, and will continue to be fucking huge. Um, but Air did very fucking well, considering what it is. Like, a grown-up movie for grown-ups set in an era that any, you know, most of us are fucking middle-aged to appreciate. But it's such a well-made movie. And honestly, it's an Amazon movie, so it doesn't, they ain't got to worry about fucking box office and shit. Um, it, it, go see it, kids. If you haven't seen Air, fuck, it's worth the trip, man. Ben did a great fucking job. Maddie's fucking wonderful in the movie. They're all good. It's all star cast, and they're all fucking fantastic. That movie had a smile on my face from beginning to fucking end. Um, it's fucking wonderful and so smart. I haven't seen it yet, but I did encounter because, you know, of course, both Matt and Ben are out doing press for it. And I saw the greatest anecdote and it, it did warm my heart a bit where it was the, the screenwriter was talking about his process. Like it's his first ever produced screenplay. He like he excellent had the screenplay, idea, by the way. Excellent. Like, screenplay. He had the idea like a decade ago and was kind of like, you know, noodling at it and really inspired by The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary and then kind of 
lit a fire under himself and wrote it and they got in the hands of Matt, you know, and, and Ben. And like, he said, like, when they're on set, like both Matt and Ben are fucking Oscar winning writers. And so like they kept on adding stuff and, and Ben did his director's pass in the script and they were kind of improving stuff on the, on the day. And it's like the script, the screenplay had, you know, like seven or eight voices in it. And then, you know, the screenwriter, Adam Conover, I think his name is, said that he was on set, like late in production. And Ben pulled him aside and said, you know what, we're going to we're not going to arbitrate. Like, you're going to have sole credit on the screenplay because this was your idea. Like, you're the guy who wrote the first script. Like, you're the guy who pulled it out of obscurity. You're the guy. You're the reason why we're all here. Like, yeah, we all helped. But you have sole screenplay credit on this movie that we all worked on. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. That's right. Like, that's that's the way you do that, which is, yeah, man, you're the director. You're going to get all the credit anyway. You're getting paid four times what that kid is getting paid. You did your work. You made it great. And you let him have his moment. Affleck is a classy dude. He was raised right. I saw his mom at the premiere. And, like, I, 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 last time I saw her, I was much heavier than I was. So I was fucking looking. I went and saw Ben and Jen and chit-chatted with them. And then when I was leaving, I saw Chris Applegate. I was like, oh, shit. And so I got in her eye line because she was having a conversation with somebody. And she looked at me and then looked away. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I went over and I was like, Mother Affleck, it's it's Kevin Smith. She goes, oh, my, where did you go? And I was like, <laughs> I'm not lost a little weight and shit like that. Um, she was very fucking sweet. But what was my point in telling that story? Oh, he was right. raised right. And I told her that. I was like, this motherfucker owes you everything. He was raised by an educator, man. His mom's a teacher and shit like that. So everybody's always like, every once in a while, a new Affleck thing comes out and people suddenly realize that he speaks very fluent Spanish. (laughs) One of his many gifts, like all week long on the internet, people are like, fuck calling him Ben, call him Benito. (laughs) Um, But uh, his mom, I gave him credit for that. And she was like, Kevin, I didn't teach him Spanish. I was like, you taught him fucking everything else, lady. Take all the credit. Um, Somebody said, uh, in who was a Bonanista said, is air historically accurate? Ben addressed this when he got up to intro the movie in the beginning. And, you know, he said, look, it's pretty historically accurate, but we're making a movie here. So, you know, they took some liberties and shit like that. So, you know, don't go into air looking for a historical document. You know, it's a he, he described it as a fable. He's like, it's an American fable. And he's absolutely fucking right. But there's enough historical accuracy in that movie, like to ground it to a place of like, oh, yeah, this is based on true events. Um, and they they spend like, you know, the first fucking four minutes of the movie is like an 80s fucking travelogue to set the tone of where they were at the time and what was going on. Even that alone, before the movie began proper, the story proper, I had fucking Joker-like grin on my face just by falling down the 1984 fucking rabbit hole of like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a wonderful movie. Go see it. Sweet. So, yes, uh, I think Ben would be a lovely guest for Fat Man 400, but we'll think about it. And we'll figure out when exactly we're going to pull this off once JC's back from uh, merry old England. Still Oh, Dilfman, what's up? I just want to point out as for guests, as far as guests go, Davy Sockrocker spent a buck ninety-nine to say Kevin James, but he's right here already. Deep cuts right there, man. Mm-hmm. Since we're going back to Super Chat, Wyatt Butts paid 20 bucks to say, what about a better place made by View Askew historian uh Vincent Pereira? That will be coming. 
to Smodcastle as well. Mark my goddamn words, man. Just like we're showing drawing flies uh, on May 7th, we'll be showing a better place uh, as well. This, this, maybe this summer, I just came up with a full summer schedule that I at three in the morning and shit sent it to Ernie to be like, this is what we're doing. We're doing, we're leaning heavily into the movies that made me series all this summer. So we're going to bring you fucking Goonies. We're going to bring you fucking Beetlejuice. We're going to, we're going to show you so many movies that you could watch at home and we're going to overcharge you to watch them at Smodcast. So you see them on the big screen. Jaws. We're going to be showing fucking Jaws coming up and stuff. Uh, anyway. Everything that's not owned by Disney. <laughs> Essentially. Yes, absolutely. Because kids, I don't know if you know this or not, but Disney does not like Rep House. They don't like you showing their old shit. They're, I, I guess they're fucking present and future and shit. So Universal, wonderful to work with. Warner Brothers. Wonderful to work with, man. Warner Brothers reached out and like, do you want to show Superman? I was like, fuck yes. So we're going to be showing Superman the movie soon. Um, Paramount, easy to work with. Uh, it, it, the list goes on. Disney, they won't let you fucking touch one of their old movies, man. Like, And that includes now the Fox Library. When I was on the road with the Clerks the Convenience Store, I went to a lot of mom and pop theaters and shit. And they were all lamenting like the fucking loss of the Fox library. They can't show alien anymore because Disney owns it and they threw it in the vault. And even it doesn't matter if you're like, please, can I fucking show, even if you're like, can I show it for charity? They're like, no way. They don't, they don't do that. They just don't play like that. So like kids movies, as I've said, work insanely well at our theater. So Ernie has been like programmed. Like we had not only did we show the Muppet movie, but we had fucking uh, Muppets take Manhattan for like a week and it outgrossed current fucking movies and shit like that. So Ernie was just like, what other kids' movies can we show? And he started listing titles in every one of them. I was like, we can't show the Aristocats. That's Disney. We can't show fucking that. That's Disney. We can't show fucking Toy Story. That's Disney. And he was like, what? So, yes, Disney don't like to work with the Rep House theaters at all. They live in the present and the future. And I don't know why they won't fucking deal with the past, but there it is. Anyway. Speaking of Disney and the future. Excellent. Star Wars Celebration. Um, we got a bunch of fucking news. We got a bunch of first looks of stuff, some of which have seeped into the the digital ether for all of us to watch legally, some of which uh, are still behind the inside the Disney vault. But we we got the, tr- the trailer, teaser trailer, whatever we're calling it, for Ahsoka, which is coming this August. Yes. Which, An amazing trailer, which we talked about earlier. Um yeah. And looks like basically Rebels season, whatever the fuck. But yeah. how awesome to see it come to life. Number one, I like, you know, not just because I know her, but I fucking love Rosario Dawson, one of my favorite actors on the fucking planet. I was lucky enough to get to work with her in some stuff. Some in Clerks 2, Jane Son Bob reboot, Clerks 3 more recently. Um, she j- absolutely destroys in this fucking trailer. She is Ahsoka and it's so fucking wonderful. We've seen her be Ahsoka in a couple episodes in Mandalorian and fucking Boba Fett, but I can't believe, and I'm so happy that they're giving this character her own series. I'm so delighted that it's Rosario. Rosario who walks between all fucking worlds, man. She's done DC work, Marvel work, Star Wars work. She wanted to do Star Trek work as well. Yeah, we tried to make that happen. We tried to move heaven and earth, but we just couldn't get it done. Um, she's she's truly a fan 
I, I ain't even gonna say she's a fan girl. She's practically a fan boy. She loves this shit so much. She's a fan person. Let's just leave it at that. Um, who's also fucking one of the greatest living actors we have. She's legit fucking wonderful and everything. One of my favorite performances Ooh. she ever gave was in um, uh, Spike Lee's 20, 25th Hour. One of my favorite fucking movies of all time and stuff. But she's wonderful in absolutely everything. And she looks fantastic in this movie. I don't mean just the look. I mean fucking her fucking whipping those lightsabers into the ground and doing this shit and it's spinning. They did that once. In fucking, I think it was an episode of Rebels and shit. Same fucking trick. You can tell Dave Filoni deeply, deeply involved in Ahsoka. Very much so. I mean, it, it seems as if, I mean, Dave Filoni being now the kind of, you know, the the new George Lucas for the TV stuff in, in, in Star Wars is the, I'm, I know what works. I know what I love. This has all been sort of a long game so that I could bring Clone Wars and Rebels to real life and cast people who'd be great in it. In fact, cast some of the people who did the voice work for the original stuff. I mean, Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn, you know, whatever Mickelson they they found, the, the Mickelson farm, <laughs> found another Mickelson, uh, Lars, I believe his name is, um, is now, who was the voice of Thrawn on the cartoons, is now going to be the live action Grand Admiral. And it's, and it's not even like they got a robot playing him and he's doing the voice. It's literally him as the actor. Yeah. Blue wearing face. the fucking blue and everything like that. How awesome is that, man? God bless Dave Filoni and his funny hat. Because yeah. this is a man who deeply, deeply cares about Star Wars. I remember doing an interview, I think maybe it was for The Tonight Show, I forget who it was, but I was interviewing Filoni. And, you know, it was at the time where you shit all over the fucking uh, prequels and shit like that. And he was the first one to, like, stop me dead in my tracks. Not in a shitty way to be like, fuck you. But he was like, you don't understand how fucking beautiful those movies are. And he took me on a deep dive about the Lucas prequels and shit. And he was right. Like, he he flipped me. He flipped my script completely. That was before they gave him the fucking keys to the kingdom, him and Fabs. I love what he's fucking doing. I love the fact that he's like, you know what? Ahsoka's just going to be fucking rebels in live action. I love what we also heard, which I guess might be part of the news, which is about what he's, how he's wrapping up Mandalorian. You got yeah. it? And it's it's really, really, it's both smart from a story perspective and smart from a financial perspective, which is you can't charge people for Mandalorian, really. You get the you you get $14.99 to subscribe to Disney Plus, and there's some merch that you can get for sure, but you can't get people to buy stuff the way you used to. You can't charge them for admission the way you used to. This way, now suddenly they're making a Star Wars movie. They're making it big, and now you get to make. 300, 400 million dollars domestically, 500, 600 internationally on a TV show that you were giving people ultimately for free, you know, and like wrap it all up in a movie, put a nice bow on it, like tell the story of Mandalore's final chapter, the story of Din Djarin and, and young Grogu not being so young, maybe learning how to speak words. I don't know. Any of those things are possible, but when know, is, did they say when that's happening? They didn't. They didn't put any dates on it because I think they've they've since learned their lesson. Do not promise things in Star Wars land because it's always a it's a shifting delicacy buffet. Um, I think that the thing of the Ahsoka trailer that that worked for me most was Rosario because I never watched Rebels. So, like, I don't have a real connection to these characters. Like, I know, oh, that's Sabine Wren and there's Thrawn and there's... I'm like, I don't know who any of those people are, but I know who Rosario is and I know who Ahsoka is. And I think she's fucking, she's so good. She just drags me into it, even though I don't have a real connection to it. 
And they um, gave her the billion dollar line in the trailer where she's like, where she literally says, heir to the empire. And you're like, oh, that was the name of a book. And how sweet for him. Like those books are no longer canon and shit. But now Filoni found a way to kind of bring him in and, and make him canon. He literally had her say heir to the empire, for God's sakes. Yeah. That's fan service right there, kids. Uh, you know, remember earlier in the chat, somebody was like, shit on Star Wars, shit <laughs> on Star Wars. I can't when somebody this cares this much, when you could feel the fandom, like, and that trailer is nothing but fucking fandom. Yeah. Like, I I, I spent some time in this podcast shitting on Star Wars. Um, <laughs> in but, this uh, very episode. In this very episode, shitting on Star Wars. Um, but I, I always come to these things with hope. You know, because the first one of these I saw was A New Hope. And so I come to these with with A New Hope every time because, you know, and hoping that they will recapture the thing that I love about Star Wars. Um, it's been a while. So, I, but I, I keep wanting It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and it seems as if Star Wars is trying their fucking best because now um, Daisy Ridley is back. Ray is back. The uh, the movie that we'd heard announced a couple of years ago that Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson were writing that uh, that they have since left and is now being written by Stephen Knight, who he of Peaky Blinders fame, directed by Charmaine Obed Shinoy, who's behind Ms. Marvel, is the return of Ray, is the next chapter in the Ray story. So Ray's getting her own movie or she's series? Getting, she's getting her own movie. They're not promising any series of anything anymore. At the very least, there will be one movie that, according to Kathleen Kennedy, it's the story of the rebuilding of the new Jedi Order and the powers that rise to tear it down. Ray will be the powerful Jedi Master rebuilding the Order. So, fuck yeah. Like, Wait a second. So, here's my question. Yes. You're J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Do you get a piece of that? Because, like, he created Ray? Um, he created Ray with a bunch of other people? I, I imagine that it all belongs to Lucasfilm. Um, Probably does. Probably does. I mean, I don't know if he has some kind of, you know, sweet in the pot character creation payments that he'll get a, a piece of. He should. He look how he he ain't on super chat, so I don't know how he's making his <laughs> fucking money. So give him a piece of Ray, goddammit. it, Ray, a drop of golden fucking cash. Yeah. Wait. So they announced a Mandalorian movie, or they're not necessarily calling it Mandalorian movie, but right. But that's that Dave Filoni's feature film is probably going to sweep up the story of Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and, and I think Ahsoka. Let me double check. And then they also announced a Ray movie. They announced a Ray movie, and then James Mangold announced a third movie, um, which is set, it's a biblical epic, apparently, um, set 25,000 years before any other Star Wars content thus far. Um, his, it's going to wrestle with the ideas of where the Force came from, when did we discover it? And when did we learn how to use it? Normally, I would be like, what? But fucking James Mangold is a fantastic filmmaker. I mean, looking at the new indie trailer that dropped. Oh, my God. How good is that fucking trailer? And they open with fucking sympathy for the devil and shit. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I mean, and it's it, it, it doesn't give away very much of what the story is. No, it's it doesn't. It really it, don't it's a masterful trailer in that way, because I think we all realize that they just half the time, they just tell us the movie in the trailers. Here's this what's is the guy happen. who made three ten to Yuma fucking work. This mm-hmm. is a guy who made fucking Ford versus Ferrari. I didn't give a fuck about cars, man. And I love that fucking movie. This is a guy who made 
Logan, for heaven's yeah. sakes. This is a guy, oh, I can go on and on. He's honestly like the best of us. I don't even include myself as an us in the fucking directorial caliber of a James Mangold. So you tell me James Mangold's doing a Star Wars story set long before fucking Star Wars, long before the prequels, long before the fucking force even began, maybe the midi-Cloridian story, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Normally, I'd be like, what? But is that guy? You, you got my money. I'm already on board. This dude is a master storyteller. It's that guy. Um, Kate were- and Leopold guy. <laughs> 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 deep cuts. Deep mangled cuts. I used to work at Miramax. Uh, if uh, if you were on the ground in London um, for celebration, you got to see the first look at the Acolyte, Leslie Headland's um new series speaking of miramax when i met leslie headland she was my friend john gordon's assistant uh who worked at fucking miramax back in the day and then i remember one day and she was like hey man i, I wrote a play will you come see it me and Mosher was like yeah and i don't think we ever did but i've watched her quietly fucking ascend man like i remember she did the she wrote the about last night remake and shit mm-hmm. um now she fucking doing the acolyte which is apparently amazing based on reaction people had yeah we're not seeing that right they're not putting that online or anything they haven't put it online yet um apparently it's a, it's a prequel pre-prequel said 100 years before um the skywalker saga um so it's in the high republic when the jedi were just fucking everywhere uh leslie headland has described it as frozen meets kill bill in pitch meetings fuck yeah I mean, what the fuck those are three good words that I like. Frozen. <laughs> um, Amanda Sternberg from um, from The Hate You Give and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is in it. Lee Jung Jae from Squid Game. Jody Turner Smith from Queen and Slim. And Manny Jacinto from The Good Place and was cut out of uh, Top Gun Maverick uh, are all these sort of. That's the cast that they've that they're rolling with. And so what is down the, for that? Yeah, all and nothing but positive like feedback for yeah. what they saw. People have been loving. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody um, pointed out in chat. Hold on. Where is it? Uh, Frazier Lomas said Copland was great. Excellent fucking point. James Mangold did fucking Copland as well. But Aldry473 says, but does James Mangold know anything about Star Wars or knowledge of Star Wars lore? James Mangold is of a certain age. I think he's younger than me. But anybody who fucking grew up in the 70s watching these movies, kids, knows their Star Wars. Um, I don't think that dude throws his hat into the fucking ring. Like... He, Y'all saw Logan, right? Yeah. Like, the man knows his, his shit. He knows his lore. So I don't think he goes anywhere near Star Wars unless he feels supremely confident. I mean, this guy could get a job anywhere. So he certainly don't need to jump on the Star Wars train. If he's doing that, I think it's coming from a place of love. Also, he, you know, fucking, he just did the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So obviously somebody there was like, hey, man, can you cross the street and fucking come over to Star Wars? And they're lucky to have him. That's what I say. Yeah. You know, and he's got a story to tell. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that any writer can write anything because clearly there are people who have proclivities and talents in one zone versus another. But that is a dude who seems to like, if he's interested in it, he will do deep fucking research in it and then deliver it. Like, I don't know how much of a Wolverine he was a deep lore fan of, but Logan is the best X-Men. You know, like, I don't know if he could give a shit about Fords and or Ferraris, but I love that movie. Yeah, you know? it's a great movie. You know, and so, like, he just seems to be a filmmaker who, when he invests in a thing and does the work in a thing, can just find and has a story he wants to tell, can find his way to make it work. And so I'm I'm here for whatever version that that is. 
Um, the Funk Bomb Bro, the Game Cat, said Kevin Smith needs to do a Star Wars movie. No, he does not. <laughs> Look, I'm the world's biggest Kevin Smith fan. I'm here to tell you he would drop the fucking ball. Don't trust Kevin Smith with a Star Wars anything. You know what Kevin Smith does? References Star Wars and movies. That's the exact level of his talent. That's the glass ceiling that he's got. If they gave me the keys of the kingdom and they were like, you do whatever you want. I, I'm not that imaginative. Like when it comes to this shit, that's where I stop being a filmmaker. and I just resort to being a fan. That's where all this shit came from. Why I do what I do is because I grew up watching shit like Star Wars, reading Marvel comics and stuff. But I don't need to make that shit because I know my limitations and I'm very limited, kids. Very limited. So I'm the guy you want writing shit where characters talk about that shit. I'm not the guy you want anywhere near Star Wars anything. Unless in a world where they're putting Jack Blacks and Lizzo's in fucking Star Wars things. Like, <laughs> I, Fabs, I know a guy who's been talking about this shit for decades. Decades. <laughs> And you know him, call. Anyway. Um, we got some updates about Andor season two. Hold on. Is that it for the Star Wars movies? Did they say anything about uh, Ryan Johnson's? Um, according to Variety, um, Kathleen Kennedy did give an update on Ryan Johnson's. Uh, said that he is so busy working on the next Benoit Blanc film that it might be some time before we see Johnson's Star Wars movie. I was going to uh, say, because my man's fucking like stars on the like beyond on the rise. He's now legitimately part of the firmament and shit like that. And he don't need Star Wars at all. I know some people get testy about, you know, fucking The Last Jedi or whatever the fuck. I, you know, you know how I feel about The Last Jedi. Um, now, between those fucking Knives Out movies and what's the show he's doing with Natasha Leone? Yeah, Poker Face. Which everybody fucking loves. So like, good. He's an institution and he don't even need Star Wars. So naturally, it'll probably be a few years before he gets there. But I think by the time he circles back after he's done doing all his shit, I bet you he does something fucking special. Yeah. You know, so his movie is coming, but slowly. And uh, Taika Waititi is also working on a movie. And according to, to Kathleen Kennedy, he's still writing his script. He doesn't want to bring others into that process. And I don't blame him. He has a very unique voice. So we want to protect that. And that's what he's doing. And we're going to make that one day, whenever that day may come. Um, Somebody in chat, Dipsy Doo in chat just said, imagine if instead of Jack Black and Lizzo, it was Kevin and Mark. I can't imagine that. Oh, totally. I, I would happily fucking night Grogu and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and kissy face with Kevin as the game rules. Yeah, we, would, we would be the ones jumping the fucking Mandalorian shark, if you will. Space <laughs> okay. shark. Um, but nobody calls. Nobody cares. Yep. Nobody calls. We sit here and blow this shit. Every, two hands like the Saturday Night Live sketch. Um, fucking every goddamn week, but phone don't ring and shit. Nope, because I apparently shit on it every other week. So, is, it, is that what's holding us back? You it could be, it could be. You've hitched a wagon you're in the Millennium Falcon right now. I know, guys, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andor season two is coming apparently, uh, August 2024. Is the what I read the last shot of Andor season two goes right to the first shot of Rogue One. They consider Rogue One to be the, the Andor season one, Andor season two, and Rogue One is a trilogy. Yeah. According to Gilroy, he said, uh, we know exactly where we're going. You have to, you, you know what you have to deliver emotionally and what the story has to do. It's a decision born of survival, but it's good for us creatively. Uh, apparently season two will take place over four years with each, with four three episode long pods telling a story from each year. 
Um, and then it ends with with Rogue One. Um, I love Tony Gilroy, and I never loved him more than when he fucking mentioned Clerks in his round of press. He was just like, remember that scene from Clerks talking about the Star Wars contractor, Death Star contractors? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, did he fucking just say what I thought he said? It was very sweet of him, man. Uh, Star Wars, obviously, is a, a phenomenon that influenced a great deal of my work. To have somebody in Star Wars even fucking give me the tiniest fucking like, oh, yeah, he, there was a bit of influence there, was like fucking breathtaking to me. That being um, said, I still haven't watched all of Andor season one. I will. Dude, so good. So I good. Mean, that's why I hear from literally everybody. Everybody's like, dude, it's the best Star Wars that has existed in a while. So I look forward to finishing it. Nice. Um, two more little bits out of uh, Celebration. Um, Tales of the Jedi is getting um, a second season. Dave Filoni's sort of anthology, just kind of telling little stories in and around the, the continuity. Wait, what's um, that? Tales of the Jedi. Did you not see season one of Tales of the Jedi? The animated thing. Yes. Yes. So what, what Dave Filoni did that? Yeah. And now he's doing season two? Doing season two. Um, and also a season two of the Star Wars Visions anthology, which was Star Wars is interpreted by various animation houses from all over the world, is coming back for season two on May the 4th. Um, and one of the, at least judging by the trailer, which did drop, one of the animation houses that's doing a Star Wars short is Ardman, who did the Wallace and Gromit cartoons. And Chicken Run. And Chicken Run. And um, Flushed Away. Yes. Yes. The great fucking Ardman Studios. Um, oh, awesome. So they're going to do stop motion claymation. Yeah. Yeah, Star yeah. It looks so cool. Kids, remember when Clerks came out, if you were alive, and they, they talked about the Death Star Contractors? When I when I wrote that scene, it was like, oh, man, remember Star Wars? Because we never thought we were getting another Star Wars thing ever again. Now, all the Star Wars things. They will, there will never not be a Star War between now and the time me and Mark leave this fucking best of all <laughs> They're going to, it's going to be Star Wars forever, man. It's never going to stop. Like it's, and I'm here for it. You know, it's and, and some people get kind of stinky about it and shit. Hey, man, make all the Star Wars you can, because some of it will be great. Some of it will just be OK. But you know what? As a kid who grew up watching this shit, I'm here for it. I know some people are like, you can't get nostalgic for something if it won't go away. It's never going away. And I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, one other piece of Star Wars news um, that did not come from Celebration, but dropped just before it, is Donald Glover, uh, according to an interview with GQ magazine, said that he is more than open to playing Lando Calrissian again. He said, Which I hear has happened, right? I mean, you know, uh, according to him, um, he's like, I'd love to play Lando again. It was fun time to be him. It just needs to be the right way to do it. Um, since the pandemic, he's, he's not interested in doing anything that's just going to be a waste of my time or just a paycheck. I'd rather spend time with people I enjoy, but he has been talking to Lucasfilm about playing Lando again, saying Lando is definitely somebody I'd like to hang out with. We're talking about it, but that's as much as I can say without Kathleen Kennedy hunting me down. Mm. I'm so, here for it, man. I thought he did a great job as Lando, but if you're going to do a Lando something, I hope to God it starts with Billy D. Williams, Lando reminiscing about his younger days so that we get to see him. And then we get to see uh, <laughs> Donald Glover and, like young Indiana Jones, but with Lando. 
Go with Lando. Young Lando Calrissian. Just do yeah. that. Um, leaving uh, a galaxy far, far away and returning to our current one. Um, Harry Potter uh, seems to be shifting into television. Um, the long rumor. Who, who knew? Who knew? That, I mean, look, we always knew that fucking once they made money, they're like, all right, here's Fantastic Beasts. And we always knew they had like fucking the cursed child waiting in the wings that they could always do. Mm-hmm. But I, I, this is why I'm fucking an idiot, not a visionary. I'm like, well, Harry Potter's done. They did those movies. They'll never do them again. And now they're like, you're out of your fucking mind. Do you know how many Batmans there have been? You know how many Spider-Mans there are? Guess how many Harry Potters are going to be before you drop dead? A lot. So now they're talking about doing a series on HBO Max or whatever they wind up calling it. Yeah. I mean, HBO Max potentially might, if I had to guess, I'd say it's actually going to end up being HBO proper. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and the idea, the general idea is for each season of the potential TV series to focus on one book in the Harry Potter book series, which consists of seven novels. I, I would think that there's an entire generation of kids who are like sacrilege because Daniel Radcliffe is the only Harry Potter. But, you know, as we've seen, if it makes a dime, it will never end kids they never end. own your childhood like they own ours. So I guess it makes sense. I mean, think about it. Those movies, you're putting like fucking all those stories into like two hour blocks, two and a half hours, sometimes almost three. But the chance to actually fucking go deep, like balls deep with an episode, episodic nature uh, that covers literally everything in the fucking books. You know, makes sense. I, you know, I, I would have never thought of it, but I'm not very visionary. I made yeah. three clerks. So <laughs> I, I got to imagine somewhere somebody was like, wait, we could fucking do all the books as opposed to just fucking che- sections of the book. Man, we can go balls deep in this shit. And that's what looks like what's going to happen. So get ready for it. You can't escape Harry Potter. No, I mean, and I, I 100% get it, you know, that there was always going to be another boy who lived, even though the current boy who lived is whatever, 32 years old. Um it's weird that they're just retelling the same stories. Um, that's the odd part. Like when you get a new Indiana Jones, when you get a new Batman, you get a new James Bond, they're not just remaking the old stuff that you already saw once. True. And they've never remade Star Wars. They keep yeah. adding to it. It's not like they're like, remember Star Wars? Well, here's the 2023 version of it. Same fucking story, A New Hope. They keep right. holding on to their mythology. But this, you're right. This is literally retreading the same story. This is like the ro- I'm not putting it in the same class, but you know how they remade RoboCop? Like that's <laughs> that's what's going on here, where they're just like, oh, we're remaking it, but we're just making it longer, and you can watch it on TV, which yeah. I guess makes sense. Financial. Um, speaking of, uh, how much you want to bet though that they do the series, and then the fucking final books are movies or whatever the fuck they're going to take their cues off of whatever happens with. Dave Filoni wrapping up the Mandalorian with its own fucking feature. You better bet that fucking Warner Brothers is going to be like, oh, yeah, it's a CV series until it's a fucking movie we can make a billion dollars off of to wrap this all up. Once we, you know, the first fucking taste is not free. We all pay for HBO Max. Well, some of us do. Um, But the fucking when when it comes to the end, they're going to probably make you shell out to go see it in a movie theater. That would be my guess. But you know what? I'll probably be dead by the time this all ends. Because how many books they got? Seven books? Seven books. 
by the time they get started, let's say it's like two years from now, I'll be 54, seven books. That takes me to 61. For sure, I'll be dead. I'll never see <laughs> the end of this fucking thing. You see how enthusiastic I get about all this. My heart races and whatnot. I'm a heart attack victim and whatnot. I got heart ailments. I'll probably be dead by the time this all happens. But I'm happy to know it exists. You know, I think they'll I think they'll do it fast enough that you'll probably get to see it because whatever kids they cast, you'll probably want to be the kids that are in it. That's such a good point. I was thinking about it today. I was like, boy, they got to fucking make that show like because those kids will yeah. age. Yeah. Kids so they, do that. You know, unless they find some kids from another world who stay the same age and shit. <laughs> the older they stay the same age. Yes, they do. Uh, they have to fucking keep it in real time because kids get older, man. Yeah. I mean, look at the Stranger Things kids who are all now like 28 in their 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They all got fucking mortgages and homes. Like you still go um, to high school, bro? Yeah, man. Like you can't like I bet you. I, well, I mean, look, they got the books. It's not like they're like, what's the story going to be? Right. Um, and it sounds like she's involved. J.K. Rowling. She has to be. That's her contract. They can't do anything without her. So maybe before they shoot, maybe they're going to do it like David Lynch did the Twin Peaks series, where he's like, here's the script. It's a 900-page script. (laughs) And we're going to shoot the whole thing at once. That would make sense. But man, oh, man, those kids, whoever they get, those kids are going to miss out on a fucking childhood. I'll tell you right now, because they ain't (laughs) leaving the inside of that fucking brick building. They're going to leave rich but they're fucking never going to experience life because they're going to have to make Harry Potter every day for like at least six years straight, if not seven. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the same thing with the Game of Thrones kids, right? Like, you know, Arya Stark, Maisie Williams was what, like 12 or 13 when they started and was 25 when they wrapped up and like find these kids who can play young for a long time because they're going to be working for a long time. Long time. Um, speaking of kids uh, who grew up and are growing out of their roles, uh, Netflix has found a solution to their Stranger Things issue. I mean, not the least of which is that the upcoming fifth season is going to be the end of it. But now there's an animated Stranger Things that is spinning out of it. I'm sorry. So season five, which is that hasn't happened yet. It's coming. Correct. That's going to be the end of Stranger Things. That's the end of Stranger Things. And now they're going to do an animated series. Yep. Uh, according to the Duffer Brothers, uh, we've always dreamed of an animated Stranger Things in the vein of the Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up loving. Um, and to see this dream realized has been absolutely thrilling. We couldn't be more blown away. The scripts and artwork are incredible, and we can't wait to share more with you. The adventure continues. Um, you want to talk about some poor kids who've been locked in a fucking brick building for the last few years. Those Duffer Brothers, man. Yeah. All they do is Stranger Things, and they got no choice. It's their their fucking baby and stuff. And but boy, they've been working on that since a, before we all saw it and shit like that. What will they follow it up with? I wonder. Um, well, their their production company signed a massive overall deal with Netflix. Um, they are adapting. They have plans to adapt as TV series Death Note, um, the manga slash anime series, uh, as well as Stephen King's The Talisman. There you go. We got an answer. Look at that. I was wondering. Mark filled in the blanks. That's what you come to this show for. Knowledge. 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 Knowledge is power. Um, We got two more stories. Um, One of them is uh, fun, and the other one is intensely less fun. Oh, shit. um, Ryan Coogler apparently wants to reboot the X-Files. Let him. (laughs) Let him. Fucking storyteller. Who's standing in his way? 
Uh, apparently nobody. According to Chris Carter, who created the X-Files, um, Creed and Black Panther director Ryan Coogler is looking to be at the helm of this new project. The new take on the series, which Carter refers to as a remount, uh, is, uh, is an apparent departure from the X-Files Albuquerque, an animated comedy spinoff that Carter was supposed to produce in 2020. Um, blah, 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 blah. Let's see. You know what I say to that? I say, everybody clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap your hands. I would love to see more X-Files, and I would love to see, I, I, Ryan Coogler has not let us down once. Not, uh, not even half a once. So give them all the X-Files. Will there be Mulder and Scully or no? Uh, it does not seem it'll be Mulder and Scully. Um, according to Carter's quote, I spoke to a young man, Ryan Coogler, who's going to remount the X-Files with a diverse cast. So he's got his work cut out for him because we covered so much territory. I mean, I guess technically he is a young man, but how weird to, it's like when we were like, this kid, Tim Miller, about <laughs> <laughs> the guy who did Deadpool is older than us. Yes, this young man. Um, and now for the, I, I, it's hard to call this bad news, um, but the great Al Jaffe of Mad Magazine fame passed away at 102 years old. Are you shitting me? Yeah. 102. I mean, look, fucking nobody likes to lose anybody, but 102 for the man behind the fold-in? The man behind the fold-in. Um, uh, the the uh, organ, organ failure is the cause of death um, after celebrating his 102nd birthday last month. Wow. Um, 102. 102. This man was responsible for so many happy moments in my childhood. I was an ardent mad magazine reader and fan um it was weird that i didn't engage as much with the mad magazine tv show the mad show i was on it mm. once but like as much as i loved mad magazine i mean nothing comes close i could still sing it's a great big beautiful wonderful incredible super spectacular day as one of the albums they gave away for <laughs> mad, mad super special um, and Al Jaffe, seeing his drawing, seeing his very singular artwork um, throughout all of my childhood and well into my fucking adulthood as well, always made me happy. This man was a gifted artist and a funny one at, at that, um, yeah. who holds a special place in my heart with Don Martin, fucking Severin, guy that worked for like Cracked Magazine. He started at fucking, or was it crazy? Cracked. Mm. Um all those fucking people of my childhood that like wrote, you know, the humor magazines, you know, National Lampoon came later when it was more grown up and stuff. But as a kid, fucking Al Jaffe's name was like as a rock star name in my world still to this day. And I'm sad that he's gone, but I'm happy to know that he lived to be a hundred and fucking two years old. And fucking two. Um, the first fold in was in 1964. Um, inspired, uh, according to, to Jaffe, by the centerfolds in Playboy and other magazines. Um, it, let's see, a four-volume hardcover box set called The Mad Fold in Collection 1964 to 2010 was published uh, about 10 years ago by Chronicle Books. Um, his final fold-in was published in the magazine's August 2020 Jaffe tribute issue and served as his farewell upon his retirement at age 99. He was still, he drew a fucking fold in at age 99? Well, he stopped drawing in 99. It was drawn six years before, initially to be published at his death. The unfolded illustration depicts mad mascot Alfred E. Newman 
beneath a slew of bad news out of business signs. When folded, the, the signs instead read, no more new Jaffe fold-ins with a peaceful looking portrait of Jaffe, of Jaffe floating above the fray. And all he created- Make me fucking cry, bro. <laughs> That's beautiful. And so what, they published it long before his death. So he got to yeah. see it published. He got to, he got to see it published. Um, he created more than 500 back cover fold-ins um, covering things from Jesus Christ, from Beale Mania to President Donald Trump's proposed health care plan. Wow, man, that guy that guy kept working. Yeah, that's recent, that's recent history. In uh, in in 2016, he was recognized by the Guinness World Records as the longest working cartoonist in comics history. Did he? Did they list anything else he didn't? And are we forgetting? Like, he did he do snappy answers to stupid questions? He did. Indeed. And uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. He started I remember my childhood. I remember. Did. Yeah. He started at Mad in 1955. Um, he briefly left work, left there to work on uh, the short lived Humbug humor magazine. He returned in 58. And yes, he contributed the popular feature, Snappy Answers to Stupid Questions. Legend. Absolute fucking legend. And he deserved to live as long as he lived. I mean, unless, you know, that was painful or whatever the fuck. Because he that guy deserves no pain whatsoever. I'm sorry his organs shut down. But my God, fucking, I don't know what is responsible for us. Somebody in the chat said we need to accept Jesus as Lord or whatever earlier on. I don't know. about. I can't speak to how we're here, why we're here, and fucking who put us here, if anybody did. But I thank whatever good Lord or fucking force of the universe is out there that let a man who brought, brought that much fucking joy, palpable joy in this world, let him live to be a 102. Nobody wants to die. I don't think. Um, and I'm glad he didn't for a long, long ass time. Fuck. I hope those last years weren't as, you know, fucking terrible as, as it can be when, you know, in a world where your fucking organs shut down, I'm, Fuck, man, he just missed them finding the cure. Keep reading about their finding the cure for death. They're going to be able to prolong our lives even more. Guy like that would have deserved another fucking 20, man. All those mad artists and writers, you know, yeah. made wow. me so happy throughout my childhood. Part of what I do today, you know, in my creative DNA, you'll find a lot of mad magazine and whatnot. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, what is it if not a a mad movie special for heaven's sakes. I mean, it's kind of like the Muppet movie with dirty words in it, but it owes a lot to mad magazine. And I owe a lot to Al Jaffe. You always put a fucking smile on my face. Just when you were done with fucking mad magazine, they had one more fucking joke. And that was the fold in. And let's be honest. Most of us started with the fold in anyway. <laughs> uh, pour one out for the great Al Jaffe. Fuck. Yeah. Um, Yes, Matt will post in the in the chat is like they're finding a cure for death. Yeah, I, every once in a while I read that online and I graze the article and I'm like, fucking a, do it, yeah. do it in my lifetime. I, I mean, look, finding the cure for death would be great. Finding the cure to stop fucking aging would be even better. Because I don't want to look like you know. I st what you don't see right here, kids, is I uh, I if you came in late, I was uh, busy doing fucking. Uh, Silent Bob earlier today and uh, Emily, who does my makeup and shit, she colored in all my whites that normally you would see my beard. So if I look particularly young, 
That's, you know, the fucking glory of makeup and shit like that. The whites are moving in. They're gentrifying the fuck out of my face and I can't stand it. Um, it it's, it's unavoidable ages unless somebody fucking cures it. Because I would like to be this age forever. I always thought I would have liked to be 18 forever and shit, but 52 is not fucking bad, man. Uh, no. I remember reading something, God, it was a couple of years ago, that was just saying that, like, they don't really know why people die of natural causes. Like they're never, they're never entirely sure what the medical reason for it is, other than it just happens all the time. hundred percent of the time um, people die, but they're like, yeah, the, the body technically should not run out of gas. You know, like we can replace most of it if we need to, <laughs> like we can give you a new heart. We can give you, we can give you a transplant. We can rebuild your knees. We can give you pacemakers. We can, you know, we can get you new, we can fucking take you into the shop and give you an entirely new innards. But why do people still die anyway? And they just don't have an answer for that. And so I think that's the cure, quote unquote, cure they're trying to figure out. It's just an answer to that question of why, why if, even if we replace everything, you're still going to pass away. Uh, in chat, Jim Tomlin says, nothing on Super Mario Brothers. We did kind of talk about it, mm. how much money it made and stuff like that. And it's probably going to wind up being the highest grossing film at Smod Castle Cinemas. <laughs> My tenure, the movie just keeps making fucking money for us, particularly. We, we get a lot of kids in Atlantic Highlands uh, at Smod Castle Cinemas. Uh, but I haven't seen it, and I, I. Skippy Mark didn't see it, so much more we can't say about it other than until we see it. Uh, yeah. We did talk about it, so. I also wonder, like, I know that LAUSD, this the school district, the like second biggest school district in the country in, in Los Angeles, was on spring break last week. And so if you're gonna open a fucking movie, the best time to open a kid's movie is when kids are not in school. Yeah. I don't know how much around the country that spring break happened to sync up. I don't know what Jersey's was like, but um, but that would explain some of the reason why it it did gross as much as it did. Uh, Gina Ziegler, who goes to like all of our fucking Smod Castle events, man, she's a, a Smod Castle keeper right next to Ernie O'Donnell. She said that's been packed at Smod Castle. She's talking about Super Mario Brothers. Mm. Lying, man. Like like I said earlier in the show, Smod Castle keeper Ernie O'Donnell texted me in the middle of the night to tell me how fucking good, how great that Super Mario Brothers did on the Wednesday opening at Smod Castle. Like, we may build a fucking statue. To Super Mario Brothers at Smod Castle Cinemas. <laughs> that's the only movie motherfuckers have come out to see, other than us showing like mall rats and stuff like that. See, now you should you should program in the old Super Mario Brothers, but don't tell people. Who made that? I mean, I feel like that was a new line movie. Um, maybe. I saw an article, I guess it was in Variety or something, where they talked to the directors. I mean, those poor sons of bitches. I think they're a married couple. They took a lot of shit when that movie came out back in the yeah. day. But they just showed it out here at Quentin's uh, cinema, the New Beverly. Mm. You know, he loves prints, and they still got a print of that movie and stuff. Do you know there was no print ever made of Tusk because we shot digitally and fucking, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Quentin called and requested. He was like, can I make a print of Tusk? <laughs> and that ain't cheap anymore to make mm. a print. You know, it used to be like two, three grand back in the day. Now it's one long fucking effect shot. But he's such a Michael Parks fan that he was like, I want to print. And because he don't show digital at his theater anymore. You know, they used to back in the day, but he won't do it anymore. 
he's got like a massive fucking library of 35 millimeter. So um, he he was on his podcast with Roger Avery talking about talking up the Super Mario Brothers movie. And then they showed it at the New Beverly to a packed house and shit. And the article in Variety was very warm talking to directors who were like, you know, Quentin likes it. And he said nice things about it. And they went to the screening and they were like, everybody was laughing in all the right places. Not <laughs> anymore. It's nice when motherfuckers could get a second bite at the apple because, boy, they they took it on the yoga hoser's chin back when that movie came out. Gives me hope that one day people will be like, ah, yoga hoser's wasn't that bad. I doubt it, but gives me hope. Everything comes around. True. Everything <laughs> finds its time. That's the end of the news, my friend. That's it? That's it. Two, two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> you ain't kidding. That's so much fucking news. Oh, my God. Give it up for Mark Bernardin for giving you all the news. In chat, is there anything we missed that you guys fucking wanted to? What the fuck is this? Poisonous Plants 15 said, did you guys discuss Clayface potentially being the villain in the Batman 2? Is that a thing? Or is that just somebody being like, discuss? I hope so. That'd be fucking wonderful. But I don't know how they do that. Because he, he likes doing that shit real, right? Like fucking that Batman. The Batman was all about how fucking close to reality. So I don't know how to get away with Clayface unless they do the uh, Boris Carlo version of the character who is a guy, an actor and shit like that, as opposed to the hulking fucking Clayface. Um, anything else that we missed? I can't imagine. That oh, you know one thing that I didn't mention? When I was at the Overlook Film Festival, I got to see Renfield. Oh, shit. What? Yeah. That was uh, the opening night film of the festival was Renfield. And? It's super fun. It is super fun. Like. Best casting on the planet. Fucking Nicolas Cage is just going for it. You know, in every way you want Nicolas Cage to go for it. Um, and Nick Holt is, uh, is, is amazing. I mean, the thing about the movie is, and I'm not going to spoil very much, but I think it's there in the trailers, is that it's a really, it's just a big gloss on codependency it's a big gloss on a guy who's got a domineering boss one of my favorite subjects as of late codependency you know who just feels like he can't live without him and so he'll do anything to please him and but he's awful for him you know like there's no nothing good comes from the relationship for renfield between him and dracula but he can't leave and so making it about that is actually really smart and, and all of the ways you get to play that kind of relationship dynamic is really, really well done. Um, there's another kind of love plays story. Renfield? It's The Beast. Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Nicholas Holt. It's The Beast. It's, uh, it's Nux. He's shiny and chrome into, into Valhalla. Um, that's right. Yeah. That's, oh, my God. You're right. And the, uh, the many of things. The titular boy and about a boy. Um, and also, wasn't he in that Catherine the Great series or whatever the fuck? Yeah, What's the Great. The Great? Yeah. Um, very talented and it's super gory, but not like scary gory, but just like pulpy gory. And how, how great is Nick Cage? He's, he's, he went full cage. He I hear he shaved his, I read he shaved his teeth down. I mean, he might've shaved his teeth down to like put in the appliances that are his teeth, but like those ain't those teeth. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some fucked up makeup shit there. Um, but I love the fact that we're kind of coming back to realizing exactly how amazing an actor Nicolas Cage is. Yes. You know, because he was in the in the wild for a while. Like he would just do whatever 
Like, you want me to do this direct-to-video thing over here? Sure. You want me to be in the in this dumb, weird-ass movie that nobody's going to see that we shoot in Bulgaria for $87? Sure. I just got to work. And then kind of the Mandy stuff came back around, and then, like, Color Out of Space came around, and Pig came around, and people are beginning to realize, like, this brand of weird is a thing that you can actually kind of channel and bottle, and when you can uncork it the right way, it's phenomenal. Smod bless Panos Cosmatos for casting fucking <laughs> Nick Cage in Mandy. I, I'm not going to say that's where he fucking the comeback began, but like he got he got Nick Cage to Nick Cage. And yeah. and was the movie he did recently with uh, uh, Pedro Pascal, the fucking. Oh, unbearable, unbelievable weight of unbearable genius or something like that. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Fucking jo- enjoyable ass movie well made funny as fuck like and to say only nick cage could do it is you know fucking an understatement to say the least man um nick cage one of my favorite actors going way the fuck back to valley girl which is having its 40th anniversary uh this year and they asked me to moderate a q a at the chinese theater i don't know if they've announced this yet but if they haven't they better announce it soon because it's coming up um, April 27th, I think it is. Like I'm leaving CinemaCon a day early so I can come back here and moderate the Valley Girl screening. I don't know if Nick Cage is going or not. I don't know who's involved, but they were like, we hear you like it. I was like, fuck yeah, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a movie that taught me about love amongst many other movies and stuff. Um, but that one especially, that was my Romeo and Juliet, God damn it. <laughs> oh, um, and he was he's go watch that movie if you haven't seen Valley Girl ever or lately. You're talking, but you can see from that movie that that dude was the man to watch. And I have watched him ever since then, my whole career. Um, he's been many things, but fucking he'll always be Randy in Valley Girl to me. He's so fucking I told him when I did, I moderated, I, I interviewed him at Sundance when I was doing IMDb interviews. And I also was the moderator on uh, a Mandy screening that him and Panos went to and stuff. And I got to tell him, I was like, bro, everything I know about being a guy involved with a girl, I pretty much stole from fucking Valley Girl. And that's you. And he was like, oh, Kevin, you're very sweet. And then he fucking complimented Tusk, bro. Before it was fashionable. He was like, and let me say Tusk. And he said some nice shit about Tusk. My heart... Fucking, I almost vomited my heart up <laughs> because I was like a man whose work I've always loved and shit, like literally loved Tusk. Believe me, if I make a Tusk sequel, one of the first fucking phone calls I'm making is to Nick Cage, but he'll probably be too big now to do a Tusk thing. But he, he was a big fan of Michael Parks. I think that's why he watched the movie, mm-hmm. but he loved it. He may be a big fan of Justin Long as well. Justin mm-hmm. Long got engaged to Lois Lane. Did you see that? No. Yeah. So, uh, um, Lois Lane from, uh, you know, uh, what was the Superman movie called? Superman Returns. Um, Oh. What is the Um, actress's name? Oh, my God. I can't believe Kate Kate Bosworth. Kate Bosworth. I was like, that Um, show. Yes. He's he's been fucking in love for a while now and shit. And he put up an Instagram post about, like, fucking them getting engaged and shit. And then I saw it. I, I, I fucking put in my comments. I was like, she said walrus, yes, which is deep. <laughs> you know, fucking tusk. Um, so happy for him. He's such and, and happy for her because let me tell you something. Justin Long's a fucking catch, man. Like, I, you know, I love my wife, but I'd leave her for Justin Long. He's fucking the ideal man because he's funny as fuck. 
talented as fuck. And I think he, I bet you, I bet you $10,000. He's a hell of a lover. <laughs> uh, he seemed like a very nice dude when I met him, uh, uh, when we did, um, whatchamacallit, Family Feud. Family Feud. I know he kicked our asses, him and his whole fucking team and shit. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, I love Justin Long to death. He's one of my favorite actors on the planet and very much like a Nick Cage where it's just like, he fucking commits and does shit nobody else does. Um, what is that fucking movie he was just in? Barbarian. Mm. Such a great fucking flick. Um, but anyway, congratulations. 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 No, I was right. Congratulations. Now that I'm not stoned all the time, I'm like, is that the right word? Um, <laughs> congratulations to the great Justin Long and awesome. Kate Rodgers, man. I don't know which one made out better in that relationship. Look, him I know, and her I just know her work. And I will say this: she was a she's she, fucking lucky woman to snap that guy up. He's a catch. Mm. Anyway, anyway, so uh, so yeah, that's the news. That's all we got to say. Um, Redfield is also fantastic. So I think it's out this Friday. So uh, so yeah, go see it. I can't wait. I'm hoping that he shows up for that Valley Girl screening. Um, uh. And, you know, it's in town, so maybe he will, especially with Renfield being so huge and stuff. Um, but fingers crossed. All right, kids. Good God. So much news. We did it for hours and hours and hours. And that means there's only one part left to the show. And ladies and gentlemen, you know what that part is. Oh, somebody said, hold on, and things we missed. They were like, what about fucking... Uh, um, uh, Scott Pilgrim. They're doing a Scott Pilgrim cartoon. Is that correct? Indeed, for Netflix. Yeah, for it's Netflix. An anime. So fucking, let me tell you something. And they got the entire cast back. That was a, that was pretty astounding. But yeah. you know, those kids all love that fucking movie, and God bless them for standing by it. When the movie came out, you know, I remember Edgar, bless his heart, like you know, it was hurting at the box office. He stayed with that fucking movie. He went everywhere with that movie. He fucking stood by, believed in that goddamn movie. And then that movie, of course, had its fucking, you know, very quickly. Once it went to home video, that's when fucking its audience found it, I guess. And fucking people absolutely adore it. So I'm happy for them, man. They've got uh, a cartoon coming their way. Indeed. Um, and then somebody else asked about another thing. Let me see. Um, I don't know, but we pretty much hit everything. Fuck, man. I mean, Dilf. you heard all that. News. Oh, Dilf, what do you got? Well, Dilf, man. Well, I'm just saying, are you actually going to ask for Q&A when, like, the entire opening of the show for, like, 30 minutes was Q&A? Are you kidding me? In a world where they're paying for Q&A on Super Chat? Fuck yes. We'll take all their goddamn questions, man. Uh, wait. They, uh, EC e Rose said, did you talk about the Barbie movie trailer? We no, did not. We did not. Certainly is a trailer. Yeah, it's a. I here. I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen it yet. I saw all the fucking pictures online, but I've I have not seen the Barbie trailer yet. I will. I look forward to it. I love both of those kids, Margot and fucking what's his fuck, Ryan. Oh, oh what's his fuck, Ryan? Oh, old what's his fuck? Well, Simu Liu's in it too. Who? Simu Liu is in it. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's You're talking about Shang Chi. Yes, Shang Chi is in the Barbie trailer. He's in the Barbie movie. I'm sorry. It took me this long to remember. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> That's his last name. Gosling, like, what is that Canadian boy's last name? 
What a great, there's another fucking great actor, man. And funny as fuck. Do you ever see him on SNL? Like yeah. I, anybody who goes to SNL and kills earns my fucking lifelong respect. And I know he's a wonderful actor and he's always been wonderful and everything, but like seeing that dude fucking crush on SNL does my heart good, man. Yeah. Did you see this weekend with Molly Shannon? Yes. And I was so fucking happy for uh, yeah. her big she return. Did she did. Oh, come on. It's Molly Shannon, man. How could she not do well? And she re resurrected that character, that comedian character. That's like, <laughs> can I tell you, have you seen this? Uh, Jeannie, Dar Jeanine Darcy. I forget what her name yeah. is. Um, all right. Somebody said Kevin doesn't see things anymore. Benjamin said that. I do. I see a lot of things. I just haven't seen the fucking Barbie trailer. Um, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim is in Barbie too. What do they mean by that? Fucking Michael Sarah's in Barbie? Yeah. He's got a it. massive cast. I love, I ain't in it. So what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I love Michael Sarah, man. Michael Sarah, of course, I love him from Arrested Development and other things he's done. But one of my favorite Michael Sarah roles is in Molly's Game, mm. movie with Jessica Chastain, where he essentially plays Tobey Maguire and shit. <laughs> Like Michael Sarah has always been like sweet Michael Bluth kid, but fuck man, and of course he's been Scott Scott Pilgrim, but him as fucking you know the poker player with no soul whatsoever, he pulled that shit off. I watched that movie a lot, and he's so fucking great in that movie. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Josh Mundahl, who fucking paid way too much money to ask questions in super chat said this free thing, Gosling, the nice guys. That shows his comedic chops exquisitely. Fucking exactly, Josh. He literally does like an Abbott and Costello when he's next to the tree and there's a dead guy next to him. He's like, Bleh! and shit like that. <laughs> oh my God, he's so fucking good in that movie. Excellent call. Uh, okay, I guess. Are there, any, are there any real questions? Or are they just shouting things in the chat? Uh, no, I mean, these now there are people just, I was seeing if like we missed anything. Dungeons and Dragons, you see it? I did see it. And? I enjoyed it. Did we talk about it or no? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Oh. I, uh, I I dug it. You know, like Chris Pine is doing a lot of heavy lifting in a, in that movie and he's so charming. motherfucker. Charming. One of my favorite current actors working today, man. Ben so Apple shouted him out years ago. What was that movie he did? Smoking and I remember, like, before that movie came out, he was like, bro, there's a guy I worked with. He's got his name, and he told his Chris Pine. And he goes, this kid is fucking phenomenal. And when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, shit, he's right. He is really good. Then he became fucking Captain Kirk. Yeah. Um, he was, like, you know, the best part of Wonder Woman 84 when he was like, do people wear parachutes nowadays? <laughs> like, his, his delivery is so fucking good, man. And his dad was that dude from Chips, the boss on Chips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a great, great fucking actor. Anyway, he's, so he's, he's good a, in this movie? He's very good. He's very, really charming. It's a ton of fun. Like, it's not deep, but it's also not aiming for depth. You know, it it, it tells some very predictable kind of character stories, but it's um, it, it does what you want it to do, which is not give you the feeling of playing D&D, because I don't think that's a that's possible. Um, but it's just, it's a fucking adventure. You know, it's just it's this little lark where we're just we're traipsing off into the wild to, you know, save the guy's daughter from the evil who's who's he what's and there's dragons and there's dungeons and there's evil sorceresses. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, there's not a ton to say. It's just fun. 
Michael Morales in chat said the one, and he's not the only one who brought this up. So apologies to whoever else brought this up. The one and only return is coming back to theaters for its 40th anniversary. Smodcastle screening. This is the first I'm fucking hearing about it. So we were just talking about how Disney has a vault and they won't fucking let anything out. Do you mean to tell me they're going to re-release fucking Return of the Jedi in theaters? Did you yeah. hear this? Yeah, for its 40th anniversary. When's that? May? Um, I Isn't that when they used to open every Star Wars movie in May? Yeah, it would be. It would be May. If they give us half a fucking shot, you better damn skippy believe we'll be showing fucking Return of the Jedi at Smod Castle Cinemas. Go to smodcastlecinemas.com. And look at the coming soon section, man. There's a ton of, a ton of cool shit coming up. But oh my God. I mean, April, look, I was going to show 28th. the movie. What is it? April 28th. I was, that's coming up. That's two weeks. I got to get in touch with Smog Castle Keeper Ernie O'Donnell and make sure that he fucking programs that and shit. Um, and I'll be there, I think, April 28th. I think I'm around for some other shit going on at that point. Uh, let me tell you, man, fucking, I was going to show it anyway. Fuck Disney. But. <laughs> Now that they're legitimately, shh. yeah, shh, shh, don't tell them that. But now that they're legitimately letting it go back to theaters, fuck yeah, it'll be at Smod Castle Cinemas. God, yes, if they give us half a fucking chance, give us a chance, Disney. Um, okay, um, shall we Q and A it up? If we have some cues that we haven't already aimed, William no. Coates Smith is stuck on the F word. You're just noticing now. I've been doing this job thirty fucking years. Uh, all I know how to say is fuck. Um, and all I know how to do is fuck, too. I can testify to that. Yes, Dilfman sure can. Tell us, Dilfman, what brings you into these proceedings? Uh, well, aside from all the wonderful people that are probably going to super chat now, I do have, if you want them, to ask thee these questions three. I do. What, you picked them? Yeah, I picked them at random. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Did you pick them from Super Chat or were you diplomatic? There is one Super Chatter in there. Look at you. But you kept, so one from a Super Chatter and two from the normal ass plebes who don't pay for questions? Well, yeah, because there were good questions, I thought. I, I, I could be proven wrong within moments. Holy shit, man. Somebody just paid 220 something. What's that? What dollar figure is that? Wow. I'm guessing it might be something from the Indian area with INR in it. Uh, Praveen Pandya says we want Kevin's RRR review please make it happen Mark he needs to see this and we fans need to see him gush about it Oh, camera. Um, somebody just said before Kevin doesn't see anything anymore and I, that's not true but you're right about this because I have not seen RRR I've come very close a few times based on Mark's beyond enthusiastic review of it holy shit um, so I, I will get to it. Promises. I'm going to get to it, man. Uh, you know, what I watched last night. I mean, this is so not fucking, you know, from our world of genre, but fucking Emily, the criminal with Aubrey Plaza. Was it good? Such a good fucking movie. She's like legit, man. Like, I, you know, I know everyone loves her on like parks and rec and shit like that, but like, that was a damn good movie. And here's one other thing we should talk about, but I don't want to spoil it, but I got to fucking say something. Is anyone watching Succession? I I have never watched Succession, so you're you're safe with me. I'm with that dude. You fucking neither of you have watched Succession? I've heard it was the last, I was gonna get into it. I heard it the last season, so I'm like, oh wait. 
this show, it is coming out, it is the last season, but they did a fucking thing on last night's episode. Unbelievable. And one of the best episodes of television I ever saw. Um, my God, the acting on this show is fucking phenomenal. And uh, I think the guy's name is Jesse Armstrong who created it. I, maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Took a bold fucking choice and ran with it. And it fucking paid off. Like it was, it was just fucking incredible. Um, if you're not watching Succession, if you haven't watched Succession, like these fucking numb nuts, <laughs> get get to HBO fucking or HBO Max, wherever the fuck they run it. I watch it on HBO Max and watch the shit out of it, man. It's phenomenal. And the la and episode they did last night was fucking spellbinding, a spellbinding piece of dramaturgy, kids. Fair. I don't want to spoil anything, but fuck. It ain't, look, it ain't just all Cousin Greg. I love fucking Nick, and he's amazing on that show. But for everybody on that, in that show, everybody in the cast is just fucking mind-bendingly good. Um, and and you know, fucking the Colkin kid, fucking Brian Cox. Brian Cox, the original fucking Hannibal Lecter, Manhunter. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Jeremy, what's his name? Jeremy, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Fucking look, all, they're all fucking great in the show. Uh, but man, they did an episode last night where I was like, I can't believe uh, fucking, I can't believe what they did. It was astounding. In any event, back to the original question, I will watch fucking RRR. You should. It's great. Um, okay. Uh, Dilf Man, who, who is a real big fucking super chat snob and shit. And he said, it's going to ruin the show. And he's probably right. Um, is taking the job seriously. He's picked three questions from the audience. Only one from super chat, uh, fucking two from the normal ass people who've supported this show forever and whatnot. <laughs> uh, he's going to bring us in to the Q and a man, which may go longer than three questions because if I see fucking serious money going up on that super chat, you better believe I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> Hold on. Let me flip that switch real quick. Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you gonna, mean? Like, tap out, and it'll just be Kev here, just fucking answering questions, like going on hour five. Um, Josh Mundhall backs me up with a super chat four ninety nine, but he don't have to pay more. He fucking overpaid us before. He said Succession is what Billions could have been. I only watched season one of Billions, and I kind of fell off, not because it was bad, just because like there were other things to watch. He says if you're into a very Sorkin style show. I don't even know if I would consider Succession a, Sor a Sorkin-style show. I don't mean to argue with somebody who's put so many fucking dollars into the Super Chat tonight. But it's Succession is really quite... I saw somebody describe it as like fucking Dallas or Dynasty in the current age, but it ain't that. It's it's. I, I don't know how to describe it, except I've, I've never enjoyed watching rich people on TV. I'm not like one of those people. Like my mom, when we used to watch dynasty when i was a kid she just you know oh my god look at the wealth like she didn't give a fuck about the story man she was all about how rich everyone was and shit this is one of the only fucking stories about rich people that i've ever enjoyed in my life um but i don't even know if that's the right way to sell it it's just a great piece of drama just set in the world of the fucking sickly rich uh anyway over to dilf man sitting in for Banff Man, who is over in the UK. If you joined us late, Banff Man did a wonderful fucking six-minute piece from Celebration, uh, Star Wars Celebration over in the UK. Go watch that. But while he's gone, fucking Dilf Man is all over to shit. Dilf Man is going to give us some questions. 
Dilf man, take it away. This show has been going on for a thousand hours now. <laughs> I don't want to say it feels that way. What time do we start? Uh, after my imposed delays, I think about 6, 10, 6, 13, maybe. So, so it's been over three hours and, yes. and we're, we're nowhere close to stopping because now we've got the Q&A. <laughs> I've, I, look, I don't know about anybody else in the audience, but I've been having a good ass fucking time tonight, man. Like, I miss all this shit. When we didn't do it for a few weeks, I was fucking fiending, man, for a fix. Now we're fucking pop culture junk. So you ready? What do we got? All right. Uh, no, I want to talk about our show a little more. Yes. That's fine, me... man. It's your show. Uh, the Dorky Review Show, who was our super chatter that contributed a wonderful $10. Thank you so much. Asked the question, if Marvel gave Mark and Kevin the reins to write a multiverse scene in the next Deadpool, where Deadpool and Wolverine land in the DC universe for a bit, what iconic scenes or characters would you have them interact with? So it's in the DC universe? Yes, Wolverine but still in a Deadpool movie with Wolverine. So Deadpool 3, mythical scene. What what infamous scene do you have them drop in from the comics? Or what characters do you have them go with? My first instinct is Bane breaking Batman. So that Deadpool can make fun of fucking Batman for getting his back broken. Something that... You know, fucking Deadpool can't be fucking killed, as we've seen over and over again. So I think there's humor to be mined there. Uh, my next spot would be uh, Flash on the cosmic treadmill, a treadmill, treadmill, treadmill in fucking uh, crisis. And my next fucking scene would be Doomsday. Spoilers: Doomsday kills Superman. <laughs> Twenty year spoilers. Uh, I'd have him jump in on that scene. Those are three. You only asked for one. I gave you three. Mark. Um, I, I I feel like I want Deadpool and Wolverine to drop in on uh, a sound of her wings in Sandman, just to talk about how fucking mopey Dream is. Like, look at this fucking pale ghost. What's your big? What's your damage, dude? And then to have Logan get to talk to Death about, I won't die. Yeah, you will. No, I won't. Haven't done it yet. Been alive for 400 years. Not going to die anytime soon. Fuck you. Fuck you. Thin white duke. Fuck you. Um, they're a crime alley. I think crime alley is just waiting for humor. Oh, my God. What an excellent fucking pull. <laughs> How many jokes they can make about those fucking pearls. Yeah. Um, excellent pull. Excellent pull right there. Because that's one of the most solemn moments in D.C. history responsible for giving us one of the most solemn fucking heroes in the world. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's ripe for parody. Yeah. What's that kid so fucking sad about? I don't know. That was his parents? Maybe. Maybe he's just a sad fucking kid. Maybe he killed them. Hey, kid, did you kill those two people? Or just have him be like, why didn't you fucking kill the guy that killed your parents? <laughs> yeah. It's fucking nut up, kid. <laughs> nut up. <laughs> 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 hey, go say, say, say hi to your mother for me. Oh, your mother's dead. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> cheer up, cheer up, Charlie. They could just sing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, before Dilf Man comes back, uh, somebody said, uh, Kaylin Baby in chat said, Did you talk about Michael Lerner? We did not. The great Michael Lerner passed away. 
Um, what a wonderful actor he was and many wonderful roles, including John Hamburg's Safe Man, where he played Big Fats. But I believe he fucking won an Oscar or at least was nominated for Barton Fink, if I'm correct, which still to this day remains one of my favorite performances of all time. His fucking moments in the sun in fucking Barton Fink are phenomenal. When I saw that he passed away, instantly I went to YouTube and watched all of his scenes in Barton Fink. Him as the head of the studio, he's the one that's like, we all have, we all want that Barton Fink feeling, but I assume you have it in spades because you're him. And his line where he's like, because I've got horse sense, goddammit, showmanship. Oh, he's so fantastic. He's the writer's king at Capitol Pictures. Uh, a wonderful performer and a wonderful performance. But yes, he passed away. Damn shit. Nominated for Fink, but did not. Nominated, win. thank you. He should have fucking won. Not only was he fucking nominated and should have won Best Supporting, they should have given him Best Actor. He's so good in that. Go to YouTube, enter Barton Fink, Michael Lerner, and watch those scenes. It's just a fucking clinic on fast-talking comedic performance. It is wonderful. He will be missed. Uh, Dilf, man, come on back. Dilf. Okay, thank you. That's wonderful. I'm not giving my answer because I don't have enough reference. You know, all of my stuff is I would just literally have them fall into any random episode of the Super Friends. That's what I would do. You know what? Not bad. Not bad considering that you're fucking, you know, not, not as armed as the rest of us with this nonsense. Not bad. As you can see, there's an Iron Man, there's a Spider Man, there's a Captain America shield. So you know where fucking Will's heart is. But. <laughs> but for considering, considering you don't go deep on DC, that's a good pull right there, man. Well, this is what happens when you get your uh, your Bamf man off wish. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, okay, ready for the next question? Yes. yes. Suddenly I went into game show mode. Uh, Z Howard 1992 asked, uh, if you had the cupboard from Indian in the cupboard, what childhood toys of yours would you put in it and how would they interact? Wow, that is a great question. What an excellent poll. Um, if I go like this, you never see this part of the room and shit like that. Like there's a big giant naked portrait of my wife over there and stuff. Um, on this shelf right there over here are all pieces of my fucking childhood. Shit that like I used to own as a kid and still own as an adult that came directly from my childhood in 21 Jackson Street. So I'm going to look at this shelf and tell you what it would be. Okay, I got a McDonald's Playland set. Um, it, it wasn't by Fisher. I think Fisher-Price made it, or maybe it was Playsco. I forget who made it, but it wasn't the round old Fisher-Price figures and shit. These were square. And the there, there was one of them, you know, one of the it came with, like, uh, it was a McDonald's. And it has the big sign, and inside you could move the fast food trays, the trays with stickers of the fast food and shit. And the McDonald workers are represented by hat-wearing individuals. They don't wear hats anymore at McDonald's, as we all know and stuff. But that figure, the one of them, I, it, I you know, I'll grab it. It, it, it was called, I called the figure my little man. You know how, like, kids carry a blanket, like they're silky or they're fucking, uh, what do they call that shit? Like, fucking nubby no fucking what is it when you when you call like a security blanket like linus right. security blanket. you're whoopsie like a whoopie whoopie like a whoopie that was the word i was searching for this mcdonald land figure which i'll go grab when um you know uh 
Mark does his answer and shit, uh, was my fucking whoopee. And I took it everywhere. And the thing is, it became so worn that the head could come off of it very easily. But then I turned him into the invisible man because like you could fucking make him invisible by his head comes off and then fucking the body goes away and shit like that. Um, I would bring my little man to life. I know everyone's thinking about my dick. No, that's not what my little man is. <laughs> it's this figure from my McDonaldland's playset. Now, this is not the original McDonaldland's playset. Th that fucking probably went in the garbage years ago. Thank you, mother. I went and bought one of these online so I could rebuy a piece of my childhood and shit. I said, look, Disney can't have it all. And so I went and bought this McDonaldland's playset. And so it sits on my shelf. Uh, more indicative of my youth, not an actual fucking remnant from my youth. Um, I would, I would bring my little, I put my little man in the cupboard. I bring my little man to life and we'd be best friends again, just like we were in my childhood. The other thing I'd grab probably, uh, they made this, remember the SST things where you pull it back? Oh yeah. Launch it. I got a series of Snoopy SSTs, man, from <laughs> childhood. Um, I was a big Peanuts fan and remain a big Peanuts fan. Um, and I played with this thing forever. Snoopy became my next little man. I would carry that around because you could take a rubber Snoopy, put him in the fucking motorcycle. It had, some of the motorcycles broke apart and shit like that. I'd fucking bring that shit to life. Number one, me and Snoopy would finally be friends in real life. Number two, Snoopy drove a motorcycle and some of them had sidecars and I would happily sit next to a motorcycle driving Snoopy. This is the man who flew the sop with camel. When I say man, I mean dog. Um, so I would do that. And then for a third. Oh, my God. Weebles. Wobble, Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. That's right. Mark remembers. Um, I'd bring a weeble to life and shit like that. Because uh, I loved fucking Weebles. I had the Jaws game. You know, we put shit in his mouth and you pitch, pull shit off and then it chomps your clothes and shit. And that's how you lose. So I would play Jaws with because they didn't have Jaws action figures back in the day, but they did have this Jaws game. But my I had three Weebles. One was Captain Quint. That was the pirate Weeble. Uh, one was uh, fucking the guy who just had the W on his shirt and shit. That was my uh, Brody, Chief Brody Weeble. And then there was one who had glasses. That was my Matt Hooper Weeble. So I bring those Weebles to life, man. They they years later they made different weebles, which don't look like the real weebles, as far as I'm concerned. Those, weebles. those are the three, man. Mark, you go, and I'm gonna go grab my shit. Uh, I'm afraid that I don't have nearly as uh, tight a bond to my childhood toys the way Kev does. Um, I mean, I the, the first real toys toys that I remember getting were Star Wars figures, um, Star Wars and GI Joe. I was never, uh, you know, perish the thought. I was never a huge He-Man guy. I mean, I had a few He-Man figures, but I was never, um, that was not the one that I went deep on. I think I went Fuck, deep. Dude, you wrote fucking on a goddamn He-Man show. You better say He-Man. Much, we, much like, we, we were actually too old for He-Man. Yeah, He-Man just, it, it missed me, you know, in that, in that sort of demographic zone. I was not that kid. I wanted the toys, but my parents were like, we did Star Wars. We're not starting a whole other fucking thing for you. Yeah, you are done now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if I could put anything in, in, the, in the cupboard and have it come to life and then roll around with me 
pocket sized because they're not going to be like fucking life size. They're this big. Is I think I would put Snake Eyes from uh, from GI Joe in there because who couldn't use a pocket sized ninja? Like just to solve problems, man. Like it's like my bodyguard, but in your pocket and doesn't say a lot, but you can talk to and you just nod. It's like, yeah, man. Like, no, I get you. I feel you. Like, yeah, you just, you're mute. That's okay. Um, But I can slice anybody you need me to slice. Um, So yeah, I go, I go, I go snake eyes. That's a fucking weeble. That's a weeble right there, kids. And that's the fucking, that was the weeble who played Roy Scheider in my version of Jaws. (laughs) This is the Snoopy SST cycle. This one don't break apart. See, he's got Woodstock in the back, but the Snoopy actually comes out and stuff. He's got like a bottom, so you can work him like a finger puppet if your fingers are very small, like a child's mind. What happened to his legs? I know, he's a legless Snoopy. So if you go like this, it's all good. You go like this, it's horrifying. But he, you put him in the cycle and shit, and then you fucking yank it back. And you turn the handle and you press the click and it went across the floor and shit. This, though, is not my original little man, but this is what the little man looked like. Wow. And if his head could come off, this one's secure and shit. But I pick his head off and I pretend he was the invisible man. This motherfucker, and again, not this exact one. My real little man is lost to the ages. But a little man that looked exactly like this spent so much time in my hand as a child and shout out to my brother, Donald. We were at my uh, grandparents' house in Edison, New Jersey. Was it Edison? No, I think my, it wasn't. Where, where was it? Hillside. Hillside. That's what it is. Um, past. Whatever. Fuck. Now I'm deep in the weeds of New Jersey, but in any event, we're at my grandparents' house and by the staircase up to my grandparents' house was like a tiny fucking crevice where the wall met the fucking doorway and shit. And he fit into this fucking crevice. And my brother, you know, this is going to, ain't going to make anybody fucking laugh, but this would make me cry laughter as a child. And I'm talking five years old. My brother would put him in that little crevice and he would sing. I'm in my little corner of the world. (laughs) And Oh my God, that was the funniest thing ever. So if you ever liked clerks or fucking mall rats or any of the comedies I ever did, it begins with my brother singing, I'm in my little corner of the world with my little man right there. He's meant to be wearing a hat, kids, because back in the day, McDonald's employees wore little hats like that. Technology. Yeah. I, what a I, fucking wonderful walk down memory lane that was for me. I know a bunch of people were like, good God. But yeah, BJ Fisher in chat mentioned the uh, $6 million man toy, which I remember, like I had one of those with the little discs that you could slide in his fucking head into well his bionics were in his arm you could take the bionics off you could look through the eye in the hole in the back of his head for a bionic eye it had a magnifying eye and shit and his arm would go click 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 yep came with a motor engine like the engine of a fucking car (laughs) that he could lift up and stuff and he had roll down skin to cover his bionics yep i had all those fucking dolls man i had Six million dollar man. I had Oscar Goldman in the exploding briefcase. Mm. At the rocket that fucking you could do operations on. Fucking six million dollar man. And yes, I had Jamie Summers, man. Of course, I've loved it all. That's dedication. See, Mark stole my thunder because I was going to say I would put my six million dollar man in there, 
And then the only other thing I would put in, well, probably my GI Joe, because that poor thing went through hell and back. He deserves a chance to live and interact with other things. But the last thing I would put in, this nobody's going to know these, but my dad used to work for the company that made heavy construction equipment, Komatsu. So he would always go away on a business trip or when they would get new models, their little die-cast models of their older units, he would be able to bring them home for me. So I would put them in there so that way they could be a little mechanical army for the bionic man and, and G.I. Joe with one leg and, and drawing all over his head. I just know if they came to life, though, they would just judge me. They were like, why Dilf, man? <laughs> Pretty much. This is what you became? We had such hope for you. Uh, somebody mentioned in chat that is uh, Endelias Music said, Planet of the Apes was my jam. Shout out to every Mego doll ever made. <laughs> uh, I had a Joker Mego doll. I wanted, I had a General Urko or Ursus Mego doll. I wanted fucking all the Mego dolls, but like generally any Mego doll I had was a hand-me-down or something I found in the garbage. Yes, I was a garbage picker. Um, but man, oh man, uh, the Mego owned my childhood. They had the defining toys because we all grew up on reruns of Batman and Robin. And those were the main Migos. Anyway. He's at, he ain't lying. Dilfman ain't lying. Kids. Excellent pull. Um, all right. Last question. Last question. Well, we'll see if it's last because Super Chat <laughs> might fucking pay to ask a question. Everybody else that was spending money fell asleep. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get talked to later. Uh, Adam, hold on, man. Brian Christian chat said Tonka toy trucks. That's for the rich kids. <laughs> but I remember the commercial. It's a Tonka toy, a Tonka toy built Tonka strong, built Tonka tough just for fun, fun, fun. Tonka was a big part of my fucking childhood as well. I had a couple of Tonkas, but I wouldn't put them in the cupboard because then you just get a small truck. <laughs> no no magic there. No, it's just a tiny truck without a driver. Well, now I gotta ask. You know what I put in that cupboard? My dead father. Then he, <laughs> <laughs> then he could come back. I could have sentient dust. The Sandman. <laughs> I'd put that urn in the closet, and then he'd be like, "Let me the fuck out." Where's the rest of me? I'd be like, "In an urn that looks like dolphins, Dad." <laughs> Too long to explain, but there's some dignity here. Stick a Monchichi in there and just ask it, why do you exist? Wow, what a deep oh, cut that is. Monchichi, Monchichi. Oh, so soft and cuddly. Monchichi, Monchichi. Yeah, see, look, bunch of, never mind. We, uh, we had jingles, kids. When we, we were young, we didn't just have toys, we had jingles. So if you couldn't afford the toys, you could at least sing the jingles. Right. <laughs> the <laughs> okay, jingles we're always to... better than the toys. Yeah, bring it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Mark. Uh, Adam Kimmelman. From the chat asked your task to remake the odd couple but with genre characters who's your neat freak felix well we know who the people are but who's your felix hunger and who's your oscar madison so felix has to be fastidious and oscar has to be kind of like a slob well i mean i guess Todd McFarlane did it with Sam and Twitch, right? Mm -hmm. They kind of fit that mold. But 
Let's see. Who would be mine? Linus Van Pelt would be my Felix. Um, Pigpen. Ooh. My Oscar. I'd go right to the fucking peanuts, kids. Right to those depressed peanuts children. <laughs> those depression era urchins. <laughs> I just, I was talking to, I think I was talking to my brother about it when I was back in Florida, but I was like, it's crazy to me that fucking the peanuts aren't as big now as when we were children because now kids are really depressed. <laughs> like, you know, Charles Schultz was a middle-aged man or, you know, at least an adult when he was doing little folks and like all these stories about like fucking the first, I don't know who I was talking about. I'm John Gordon. I think my friend first time I ever heard the term psychiatric was fucking from the peanuts. And that was, I was like six years old. And I was like, how do you pronounce this word? And my sister was like psychiatric. And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, that's a head doctor for people who are crazy. And that, you know, Charles Schultz was like way ahead of his time in terms of like he drew cute characters, but they were sassy as fuck. One of the fir the first strip of Lil Folks, which is what became Peanuts and the home of Charlie Brown. So there's a there's a I, th I forget which characters are sitting there and like there come, here comes Charlie Brown. Good old Charlie Brown. There's Charlie Brown. And the last panel is the kids going, God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's dark, very dark. So I choose Linus Van Pelt and I choose Pigpen only because A, it works, and B, because I'm going to try to keep Peanuts' love alive, man. Did you ever see, uh, it, it was a thing that swept the internet for all of half an hour, like five or six years ago, but it was Garfield without Garfield, where somebody yes. just like pull Garfield out of that's <laughs> just John having existential crises standing over the kitchen <laughs> oh, saying things to nothing saying to nothing. pressing things to nothing yes oh my god that was wonderful Garfield without Garfield boy that pulls me back to the early days of the internet and there was also it was like peanuts minus one where they would always pull the last frame out of peanuts so it would just give you the three panel setup but not the joke at the end. And then it's just a bunch of sad, depressed children. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking works. Thank I'm going to look at that online. That's fucking funny. As an old time Peanuts fan, that sounds good yeah. to me. Strong, strong work. Um, I think I go with, uh, with Hank McCoy as your Felix Unger and, uh, and Logan as your, your, Mad your Oscar Madison. I think it's Beast and Wolverine, but Beast is the neat freak. Beast is a fastidious one. And then Wolverine just has fucking beard cans everywhere and just shit in the woods. He doesn't care. Excellent. Shit in the woods. When does he have fucking shit in the woods? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he had. Um, is the is that fucking scene that James Mangold cut out of Logan? <laughs> what are you doing, Logan? <laughs> Shitting in the woods, man. I don't know. Excellent fucking pull. Good times. On that. Um um, and Enlius Music said, "What is the Fat Man on Batman runtime record, or Fat Man Beyond rather runtime record?" I don't know. I don't know. Question. I definitely three hours. We've done three hours before. We've done three hours. We've done three hours like standing at the bar. Um, Ooh, this is two dollars in super chat, but it's fucking worth talking about. Recovery Unplugged said, "Hi, Kevin. I'm a mental health advocate. Uh, so am I, in a big bad way." 
Um, more now than I've ever been in my life. But more on that later in the coming weeks. Or if you want to join that Kevin Smith Club, you can hear Smeditations. Oh, my God. You're amazing. Thank you for wow. helping me fucking sell that. If you join that Kevin Smith Club, kids, which is like my Patreon or whatever the fuck. Uh, I used to do a show called Wake and Bake there because I smoked weed and would smoke weed and fucking chit chat. Uh, but since I don't smoke weed anymore, um, I, I felt like calling it wake and bake was weird. And then for a while, I was like, well, we could change it to this. We could change it to that. Uh, but as of this morning, I launched uh, wake and bake is finished. Last episode I did was me talking about my mom being in the hospital and shit. Uh, but now the show is called Smeditations, uh, where we talk about mental health, amongst other things and whatnot. Uh, you can join that Kevin Smith club and watch that show all you want. It's on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And in a world where you're fucking overpaying for super chat, my God, go join that Kevin Smith club. It's way cheaper and you'll get answers faster. <laughs> um, is that, is that it? I mean, I mean, unless you're going to suddenly try and invoke the super chat gods and rise, the raise them and the funds. What happens? What happens to the super chatters that like went away? Like that we, somebody, a donkey show, the donkey, that dorky review show says, why did Kevin stop smoking weed? I missed that episode. I've talked about it before, um, especially right here. Um, it's too long to go into, but long story short, you know, I've just, uh, I'd like to be present. And weed was wonderful for 15 years straight, but it allowed me to be present while not being present at all. And now I just want to be present. Nico gave us 5390 of some currency, which I don't recognize, just to give us a goddamn thumbs up. Fucking A, man. Good Thanks, on you, Nico. And, and sweet. To, to answer your question, Kevin, I can, I can show you a different interface that you can work from where you can see all of them. I'm looking at them all right now. Is that right? Yeah, man. How come I don't have that? Uh, because you're scared of new things. He ain't wrong. That's why there's a clerk's three as opposed to like anything new. Yeah, I don't I don't got any super chatters, man. I used to although Josh Mundall just jumped in once again. Josh spent like five hundred dollars tonight. Don't do that, Josh. He says, but we cannot have a direct chat with you on the club site, Kevin. So this is a direct way to communicate with you and Mark, my brother. He's right, but you can have a direct chat with me because now I'm going to start going into the, what's it called, Will? The Discord. Thank you, Will. Oh, you got a Discord. Yeah, he's got a, yeah, got a Discord. All club members just, can go to the Discord and there is an AKA channel in there. So ask Kev anything. And Will is going to teach me how to use the Discord so I could fucking jump in there and and play you say uh, teach you but really it's just like here log in here click this go it's 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 nothing man well i i don't fucking learn from reading will i, I need to be taught a fucking thing told a thing by a person case in point i ain't read a fucking book in years and you can tell by my language that must be the case you know what i just discovered <laughs> you know what i just discovered books no, no. fucking audible man like fucking wait hold on <laughs> hold on I have personally sold advertising space on this podcast. I know. I just never listened to them. I listened to my own audio book once when I recorded it and shit, and they sent oh. it to me. And it's like, all right, that sounds like me. But Scott Mosier uh, was like, you know what book you've got to read? Uh, the Courage 
to be disliked. Is that what the title is? Hold on. I want to say, I want to get it right. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked, and it's written by, uh, shit, I can't, oh, Ichiro Kishimi. Kishimi, is that right? Close enough. Yeah, good enough. And Fumataki Koga. Um, The Japanese phenomenon that shows you how to change your life and achieve real happiness. So, you know, Mosher's like, you should read this. And I'm like, bro, you know me. I'm fucking, I never got time to read a goddamn book and shit like that. That's never going to happen. And he's like, why don't you just listen to it? And I was like, oh, fucking newfangled, listen to it. They've only had books on tape for the last, like, fucking 40 years and shit. So I, I fucking joined Audible. And I'm, you know, I, I go hiking, running every day. And I'm in the car a lot. I always listen to the same 100 fucking songs over and over and over again. Now, all of a sudden, I'm listening to this book. I'm on chapter fucking 30. Like, this is amazing. I, I know it's a free commercial for Audible, but fuck it. I'm loving the fuck out of this book. The courage to be just like, and I don't know if you can say I've read a book anymore. If somebody says it to you, but I'm learning. Can you? Yeah. That counts. So I can be like, I read it, even though I didn't. You ingested the content of the book. Good enough for me, man. Um, (laughs) The Rob Brown channel says Kevin Smith writer discovers books. I've been busy making shit, so I stopped reading shit and whatnot. But this gives me a chance to, like, go hiking and not fucking listen to the same 100 songs over and over again. Now I'm fucking listening to this book, and there's something oddly comforting about somebody reading your book. And I also cognize a lot better somebody saying shit to me rather than me reading it. Most of the shit I would read would just be lost on me and shit. And now instead, I'm fucking, I can rewind it and be like, what did they fucking say? This book has taught me so many good things, man. The courage to be disliked. So, yes, I'm I don't know how I got started on this thread, but I don't either. But I I will also say that most of the books that I've, quote unquote, read for the last five years or so have been audiobooks. Is that right? Yeah, because I'm in the car a lot. And like I I used to listen to lots of podcasts, but like people will send me books like, hey, do you want to like maybe think about adapting this? You want to take a run at this or I wrote a book or whatever it is. It's like, great. And download it right away. I started listening to it because when I had a train commute on the East Coast, I used to read a lot. But without a train and just in my car, that was just dead time. And so that's become the way I like begin to ingest shit. And he's the smartest guy on this fucking show, kids. We all know that. So if Mark fucking advocates for listening to a book, then God damn it, listening to a book, we shall. Um, I've been loving it. Believe me, this ain't the last book I'm going to listen to. Now I'm going to listen to more books. Because that's how I fucking learn. You're an auditory learner, not a visual learner. See, if I was the smartest guy on the show, I would have said that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh Mundhall paid $9.99. Stop fucking paying money, Josh, to say this. Oh, by the way, for God in Jersey, He-Man was the bomb, yo. Transcendental meditation will help a lot with mental health and happiness. Sobriety is a daily choice. You've got more support than you realize. That's very fucking sweet. Thank you. Recovery Unplugged, jump back in with 10 bucks and say, this is Amy. Will you be able to be at my letters to Daniel screening at Smodcastle, May 19th, 7 p.m.? She's going to get a free commercial out of this. Um, Amy did this uh, uh, flick called Letters to Daniel, which she's bringing to Smodcastle, as you heard, on May 19th, uh, 7 p.m. Why, let me check my calendar, Amy. Well, not free. She spent 30 bucks overall. 
Did she? Bloop, 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 bloop. May 19th. I believe I may be there. I believe I may be there, Amy. Um, letters to Daniel, kids. Come see it at Smod Castle Cinemas at May 19th. Tickets at smodcastlecinemas.com. Uh, and good seeing you again, Amy. But don't, don't, we know each other. Don't fucking pay me to ask well, to say things, especially to say nice things like that. Um, <laughs> Keith says with super chats, we will be here five hours. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone wants that. So what well, we should wrap up. I think we should. Although Corey Gilmartin just spent five bucks to say <laughs> this. Hey, Kev had a blast. At the John Wick 4 screening at Smodcast last Saturday. He was there to watch Wick with Kev. Thanks for staying after to talk with me and Katie. Uh, so hype for Guardians 3 and 420. Yeah, man. When is Guardians open? Uh, May um, 4th. Yeah. First weekend in May. May 4th. I got to see if I'm going to be there for that. Because I definitely want to fucking do that like that's how we get to do the merry marvel movie society since i can't show the old shit you gotta do there and fuck if that have you seen that little piece they put up online the like uh, you know fucking a bunch of the cast sitting there talking about like how this is the end and fucking you know it's like interview footage mixed with the trailer Mm. all of them fucking talk about like bring tissues man like it's all fucking heart in this one around i can't Mm -hmm. wait I want James Gunn to make me cry so badly. You can call me a masochist. I don't give a fuck. It's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, no shit. The trailer makes me emotional. Well, May the 4th, you're there for Revenge of the Smith. That's all I can tell you. And when does when does this open? May, May 4th. Uh, May the 4th. Oh, shit. So I'm going to be there. Uh, apparently so. Guess what we'll be adding to the schedule? Guess what you're like competing with? Like a bird. Like an upside down bird. I will be flying there. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the same as Star Wars Day, says Brian Christian in chat. There you go. And I'll be there for that shit, man. Can't wait. I saw a trailer at um, San Diego Comic Con last year when they did the fucking you know, Marvel panel and shit which they've never released one to the flaming lips. Do you realize was like one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my fucking life. Um, That made it very emotional, but fucking every trailer they've put together since you've been gone fucking trailer. Like I can't wait. James Gunn going to make, going to make us all cry. (laughs) And I'm here for it. Uh, Kids. Have you enjoyed? Does Kev know that YouTube takes a cut of super chats? Says Gorf. They told me earlier in the fucking in the broadcast, man. At I mean, the rate what? you're going, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent point, Dilfman. This free money, uh, kids. I, I, for those who hate my films, don't worry. I'm going to give up filmmaking because this super chat shit. That's where my future lies. <laughs> Answering questions for money. That's why I used to do Q and A's for years. Anyway. So now we just get to do it from home. Uh, Thank you for all you super chatters who came and threw money at us and shit like that. Uh, We can afford to pay people like Will Wilkins, Dilfman himself. (laughs) Thanks to your largesse. Um, Thanks for everyone else, even the people that didn't fucking pay for super chat. And you don't have to pay for super chat, kids. Um, I'm sure when this show is done, I'm going to get talked to by a hundred people who are like, stop it. (laughs) 
bad idea, bad idea. Yeah, you're going to kill the show. And I said, <laughs> we killed the show a long time ago. Nobody's coming for um, you. They're coming for Austin. Is that right? Leave <laughs> Austin alone. He's my boy. That's my son, for God's sakes. You and actually, me. as he pointed out, because uh, he texted me, be like, don't fucking credit me with Super Chat. The one who credited, the one who who deserves the credit for me knowing about Super Chat was my kid who paid Peter Sharetta and his fucking Disney, you know, his I love Disney show, him and his lady. I don't know what it's called. I'm not doing it justice. But she told me, she was like, I paid $10 to ask a question on Super Chat. And I was like, wait a second, what? And she described what it is. And I was like, you can do this shit now. And so <laughs> it ain't Austin, it's Harley who introduced me to Super Chat. Um, there it is, kids. Did you enjoy yourselves? I fucking had a good ass time. If we keep this going for another 10 minutes, it'll be a four hour fucking show. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Jason just gave us five bucks in Super Chat to say, I just got Clerks 3. The ending got me teary eyed. Why, thank you. I've been living with for months now, people on Twitter uh, saying respectfully, fuck you. Because uh, <laughs> I made them emotional with uh, Clerks 3. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, have you enjoyed yourselves as much as I did? Well, if you did, it's because of the guy, fuck, I never do it right. The guy right there, kids. There the it guy, is. fucking without, the smartest man on fucking, or woman, on fucking Fat Man Beyond, kids, is Mark Bernard. And this show ain't nothing without the great Mark Bernard. And give it up for Mark Bernard and everybody. Thank you, everybody. Um, and uh, this week, my God, proving that fucking he, he don't know shit about star wars like fucking banff man but god damn it if he didn't produce the fuck out of this show <laughs> uh give it up for fucking dilf man dilf in here dilf hello thank, thank you will i appreciate it i'm just will I'm, wilkins ladies and gentlemen I, i'm very sales oriented i guess <laughs> rightfully so somebody gotta be speaking of sales kids are you in los angeles come see me and mark bernardin no, 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 well, no. me and Mark Bernard when we figure out when that show is going to be. <laughs> but this Saturday, come see me and Ralph Garman doing Hollywood Babylon. You want to see me and Mar Mark Bernard in New Jersey, you go to smodcastlecinemas.com right now. Go to the coming soon section. Tickets on sale for the August, what is it? 25th. 5th, August 25th, Fat Man Beyond. And on August 26th, there may or may not be... Keep calm and curry on, but it's on sale now. So I don't know what the fuck Ernie's talking about. Um, come see us for heaven's sakes. Come to Smog Castle Cinemas. I'm coming there all throughout the next few weeks, man. Don't forget 420, Jane Silent Bob reboot. 421, Trailer Park. 422 is sold out. That's Chasing Amy with Jason Lee. And then Revenge of the Smith on May 5th. But I'm going to be there now for fucking May 4th for Guardians of the fucking Galaxy and shit like that. Watch that with Kev. Um, uh, what else are we doing? May 6th is uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back with Jason Mews. May 7th is Drawing Flies with Malcolm Ingram and Jason Mews. May 28th is fucking Jersey Girl, the, the Snyder Cut. What What the fuck is, what's IDR 50,000? What fucking, In, what? Indonesian... 50,000? We're rich. I just want it to be like Rupal's. We can quit the show, 50,000. Hey, Kev, fan from Indonesia here. When are we going to get the continuation of the Batman movie commentaries? They're hilarious. What a great question. Yeah. 50,000, whatever that is, you're going to get a goddamn answer. <laughs> when will it be, Mark? Uh, it can be whenever you want it to be, Kev. I think all we have to do 
is uh, we got Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. And then we're done. Is that right? Or, and then the Batman, if we want to go all the way through. I'm sorry, did that? <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see my face? Did people see that? Look at live. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how, about, how about we'll do the first two hours of the Batman? But then we're just like, there's a flood out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Sandman comes in and pulls them off. <laughs> oh, deep cuts, wonderful pull. Um, no, somebody, Warrior fellas, did somebody really just gave away 50K? Uh, no, because as Roberto Hoyos points out, it's $3.36. <laughs> but still, right. that 50,000 was an impressive looking fucking number. Um, Kids, there you go. You wanted some Fat Man Beyond, you got it, and it wouldn't fucking stop at all. Uh, $3.36, uh, $0.36, that's what that 50,000 IDR number is. We don't give a shit. Money's money. And Money's you know, YouTube took 30% of that, but I don't give a shit. And this went long, strong, because we're down to get the friction on Baby got back. Word him up, Doc. Uh, there it is, kids. Fucking, uh, we'll be back uh, with episodes. What is it? Three, three ninety-nine and four hundred. You better bet that episode four hundred is going to happen in the next two weeks, and it's going to happen at fucking Scum and Villainy Cantina. And then the only question is whether three ninety-nine is an in-person show or a fucking one of these things. But now that fucking super chat exists. I'm never going back to the fucking <laughs> 401 to 500 is back on the super chat. <laughs> Mark ain't lying, man. Don't, 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 don't be shocked if I just do a whole ass super chat show. <laughs> Kevin super chat, a love story. <laughs> just every I'm going to create a podcast called Kev super chat. And that's all we're going to do. <laughs> Throw me a shekel. Throw me a fucking two bits. Throw me 50,000 of whatever that was for $3.36. And I'll answer your goddamn question. Also, coin to your smither. Yeah, fucking A. There it, uh, is. There it is, my friends. Uh, for Fat Man Beyond, um, I'm Kevin Smith. And I am Mark Bernard. Tune in next time. Same. Super chat time. Same. Super chat channel. Smodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or youtube.com slash Kevin Smith. A super chatty Jeff's kiss to you all. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a Smodco Internet production. Sip. Only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>